All right, it's Cronus and we're back up in this bitch. Up in this bitch. Yeah, it's it's been a minute, more than a minute, but we had yeah. to get another one on. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably gonna Before be the, the year's over. Yeah, yeah. This is probably the last uh, black and yellow from a garage. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, the the Infinity Base 3.0 is getting built uh, by hand, mm-hmm. and it should be, hopefully by the end of the month, I should have most of it done, and definitely by the end of the year, I'll, I'll have it up and running. So Unless we do another one, like, you know, super soon, and this should, this should be the last one. We should have better acoustics next time. Nice. Yeah. I wasn't complaining anyways, but that'll be dope to be in the base. Well, they'll, 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 people will notice. It'll sound, like, warmer, because mm-hmm. I'll have, like, sound-deadening fucking insulation in the Infinity nice. Base, so... It'll it'll be nice. Yeah, it'll be pimp. I guess it sounds a little cold, huh? Yeah, a yeah. Metallic. Yeah, yeah. But it's I mean it's alright. It's I, all good. I do what I can. Um. So what were we just talking about? Uh, Musashi. Yeah, we were talking about Musashi because you you asked the question that was. You forgot already. I forgot. Uh, if you could live in any other time. Oh, would it be? that question. Yeah. What and, era? If you could, if you live in any era, fifty years or older, and you yeah. get to be of that culture, where where would you? want to be planted and so i had to ask the fucked up question of well would i, would I be black because yeah. if i was black then i would definitely uh you can only go in the future my friend yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can't, there's nowhere i could go unless you past. went back yeah, to Africa, when be yeah you'd have to be in africa yeah. back when they were balling yeah well i'd be like a, i could do zulu you know oh, or you know uh maasai warrior there's still some maasai around so i bet you you might be able to get away with being in a, a native american land that's true uh, maybe, might, maybe maybe because we generally i mean even when if you might th- meet the right tribe yeah <laughs> they well, might not kill you well, when immediately. The, well that's interesting that you said that because you know when we came over here as, as slaves mm-hmm. um we actually got along well with native americans I imagine yeah but it was also the circumstances right. like the same person would that Being was the same class yeah yeah. Well, yeah the same people were persecuting us you know genociding them so mm-hmm. you know so it made sense <laughs> You know, it's an interesting thing is that they say that, like, there's some people that say African Americans are really Native Americans, mm. which is, like, kind of weird. I don't really believe in all that. Like, I think we're... What, what, what do you mean Native Americans? Well, because like, if American you look at... Native Americans? Well, the way that we look and the way that we kind of... Um, I thought African Americans were the source of everything, so everybody well, looks Africans like are. Africans, not Americans. Yeah, but if you look at, like, African Americans, we look different from... African Africans, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of like I always thought it was things. just the Wheaties, you know. <laughs> no, All no the grits. No, they have some. Like if you look at um, <laughs> what do they call them? The the Senegalese people from Senegal. They're fucking big as shit, mm. and that, they're just naturally that big, but they still look way different from uh, from yeah, African Americans. So I mean, unless you go to like, uh, I guess parts of the South and like Louisiana, where they have people that are like super black, black, like mm. they're like super dark, super dark. They're kind of similar, but they're usually thinner, not big like uh, Senegalese people. But um, there thing. Back to but the I noticed like even Korean Americans look different than Koreans. So I think there's definitely diet and um, the way. You know what? One time I was getting a haircut and this lady, she was Vietnamese. She told she was like, "Oh, you were born in the states." I was like, "How'd you know that?" And she's like, "Cause the shape of my head, because uh, the back of my head is round." Yeah. But like in Asia, they just put their kids like on the mat or on the floor, yeah. you know, so the back of their heads are flat. So it like literally changes the shape of your skull because you're like an infant. So, well, I can tell when somebody that's Asian was not born in right, America if they're right. if they're kind of older, they're a little malnutrition. No, no, no. Not only that, there's actually a mark <laughs> that they that they have, uh-huh. and it's on their shoulder, and it's the the polio vaccine. 
I see. And so if you look oh, at yeah, 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 that's that's usually uh, only older Asians will have that. Mm, that's true. Yeah. My mom and dad have that. I only know that because my best friend growing up, he was uh, Taiwanese and he had that. It's a hella random fact. Yeah, yeah, it's random. So we going back to the eras where you would live. Uh, I said that I would go back to the samurai days, or I think that was the one I said, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. samurai days. So I had to be some kind of warrior, or like Vikings or something like that. I had to be some kind of warrior. Or Viking. I would, you know, I think I would go with samurai over Viking just because the Vikings probably had a more rough lifestyle. That's true. They don't. They're definitely I less. Think the samurais they have this aspect of enjoying the finer things in life and yeah. being complete killers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of like more artistic in a way. Yeah, and what well, I think they're they're probably be cleaner at the time. Yeah, like exactly. I was, I, maybe it's just like an Asian thing. I'm sorry, feel like but Asians were probably cleaner in yeah. every era of humanity. <laughs> yeah, just like compared to things. other people. Yeah, um, might be racist to say, but it's a good kind of racist, I guess. You know, or stereotype you know, really. Not so. all stereotypes are racist. Yeah. Um, some stereotypes are just truth yeah. masked in cynicism. Well, I think uh, the fact that that single warrior class influenced so much of the world, really. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they they terrorized. Like, that, th- yeah. that thought was terrorized most of it, like a good portion of Asia. And it's like from this tiny-ass island. They, they, just, they wanted to conquer the world. Yeah, and they probably could have, you know, if... Uh, they had a fair shot, just like any other major... Um, cultural force like Alexander or Genghis Khan or what? Well, I think the only thing that held back the Japanese is the fact that they didn't have that many people. Yeah, plus, <laughs> plus that's that's really what it is. They yeah. just had an island of a small island of people. I mean, that island is like what, like a size of California, maybe smaller. No, it's way smaller. <laughs> so it's like, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty impressive what they've done. But they're they're, what is it in like World War One, and two, their kill numbers for like people in China were like ten to one, like ten to one. That's crazy. I was like, dude, that's fucking yeah. That's gnarly. That's like Navy SEAL numbers. They that's, were like yeah, yeah, death machines descending. Um, yeah, but, the training was just probably much more incredible. Well, they would have to kill in training. Like they would take uh, you know Korean and. Chinese uh, prisoners of war, mm. and while they were training, this is fucked up. But mm-hmm. like in their boot camp, they would have to kill somebody. If they didn't, they that makes a lot of out. sense because I think um, if you are employed in the art of war, and that means you must be a murderer, and to be a murderer, you have to get practice in. Yeah. So you know you don't want to be killing somebody for the first time on the battlefield and hesitate. You know, and they probably had to get the jitters out. The Marine Corps was uh, more creative about that. Yeah, that problem because. Uh, no, no. Um, so what they would do is it's a psychological warfare throughout all of boot camp. And one of their things was uh, as you're going through boot camp, there'll be a point in boot camp to where they're literally, they'll stop boot camp and they'll be like, oh, you know, we're going to war with, you know, somebody that you probably heard of before you went to boot camp. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, you know, with me, it was we're going to go to war with uh, with Iraq. And so they would ask us if there were any conscientious, conscientious objectors. It's hard for me to say that mm-hmm. fucking word. Objectors in the room. So everybody put their head heads down. And if anybody had a problem with killing somebody... They have to raise their hand. Oh, wow. And I was like... And then they get killed? Well, no, no, they don't get killed. They, <laughs> they, they get chewed the fuck out and probably kicked out. Mm. So, yeah, you don't want to... I don't know why the fuck you would join the Marine Corps and not at least... That's understand. like a one last chance shit test on everybody. Just yeah. Just to make sure that the punks get weeded out before they move on. Yeah, they do. I mean, the Marine Corps does a really good job of weeding out people. I mean, they, they do, like, they're... 
their indoctrination starts from day one of you staying awake for basically two fucking days. And when you're awake for that fucking long, you you do anything, anything just to like not get yelled at. Mm. Not that I'm saying people who are conscientious objectors or punks or there's anything wrong with them. Why the fuck are you in the Marines if you're going to be an objector? <laughs> exactly. It's like, that's what we do. Shoot you should have yeah. not been a bonehead and thought about it two or three times before you actually signed up, you know? Yeah, yeah. This isn't the fucking draft. All right. You know what I mean? Exactly. You get to volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Retarded. I'm, never got that shit. Never got that shit. Yeah, that rate is probably incredibly low. Uh, well, especially now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You may, or I think it was maybe two people out of like maybe a, a room of 100. Mm hmm. And just, I mean, the dropout rate in the Marine Corps was, like, super, mm. super high. Uh, I think we started with a, a platoon of right around 100, and we graduated, I think it was, like, 68. Whoa. So, yeah, that's a pretty high mm. attrition rate. And I was almost one of them because I, I fucking broke my ankle pretty much mm. the, the first day I met my drill instructor. So mm. I just fucking powered through it. Power. Yeah, didn't give a fuck. That was stupidity, mostly. I said I, they only had one shot, and I was like, if anything goes wrong, I'm just gonna fuck it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quit. So, and something went wrong, and I was like, I'm just gonna try to go for it. And if they, they'd have, if they'd have said, I get, we, they call it recycling, is when you, for whatever reason, if you like get injured or something happens, they recycle you to the next class before you are beyond that. And you didn't want to do that. No, no, I was like, you got one shot. I'm not gonna fucking go through the mm-hmm. shit again. Like, you yeah, fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. So, uh, what to talk about here in... Oh, what, your era, you said the same thing, right? It was, it was Japan. Mm. I'm thinking about that one. That'd be interesting, because you're Korean. Mm. <laughs> I don't have the same... I do have a part Japanese in me, though. Oh, okay. Oh, you did the 23 Me thing? Yeah. I, find, I, I thought we talked about this. Yeah, we did, we did. Yeah. I'm a rape baby. <laughs> well, everybody's... <laughs> at some point in time, you're a rape baby. But I'm like 25% rape baby, so well. that's a lot of... <laughs> That's a lot of rapage in my yeah. uh, hair, in my personal bloodstream, but um, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm actually embracing it because I do. There are parts of Japanese culture I enjoy. Um, I'm still Korean though, at heart, just because that's how I was raised, pretty much. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I think. See, if you okay, if it was me going back to an era, like me right now going back to an era. What's the era that I could fuck the most? Probably like the Greece. I would say like uh, like the Roman Empire or like uh, like the Caligula days. Caligula days, right? But is that everybody or is just the rich people doing all that fucking? That extra I, fucking? I would assume that I'd be rich. Fuck it, be waste. Can I have the same mind I have today? Because that'd be yeah, great. Yeah, you can have the same mind. Yeah, yeah then I'd definitely. Yeah, I'd be. I'd be fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hmm. I might go to like um, France in the. Um, 20s? See, you know what would be gross, though? Hmm. The, is that the, uh, generally speaking, the hygiene levels would not be the same. Oh, you're right. They were probably... And I heard it... Yeah. Mm, good point. I definitely am sensitive to that. I'm very sensitive to smells. So maybe it will eventually change. Actually, it does change. Because when I was in Africa, like, you, you eventually stop smelling horrible smells after a while. Mm. It would be cool, though, to be around all that explosion of art and culture, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. I'll stick with that for now, despite the smell. Yeah. Um, France, huh? In the 20s. Something like that. That's like post-World War One, right? Like a couple, like couple years later, I think? 
When was the first one? It was like 19... I don't know. 14 or some shit? I can't remember. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I cannot remember. And I, should, I used to know all this kind of military history, but I, I don't fucking know now. Uh, Look up when did uh, World War One end? Maybe it was 1920. I don't, I don't know. Let's see. Let's stop being uncertain. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're close. It says it was from 14 to 18. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. 20s, because that's, that's like um, Roaring 20s. That's like uh, Hemingway and um, uh, Fitzgerald and... Everybody would have been fucking. That's so. what I'm saying. It's, it's like a lot of, it's like a birth of yeah. art and sexual culture. Mm, let me think. Or Samurai would be pretty cool. That'd be pretty. That'd be pretty fucking cool. I think you could. You could have a lot of peace with that one. Yeah. Mm. The only thing I would suck though is that you have like your shogunate or whatever, right? So that somebody you'd have to like. That's why I would be Ronin, man. As yeah. I can tell yeah, already. Man. I don't. If it's me going back, I don't think I can just serve the whole rest of my life for some yeah dude. Some like, I'd bitch. have to wander. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd have to wander the the country. Um. Hmm. That's a good one. I asked the question. I didn't really think about it myself, but I'll that's, stick with that for now. That's pretty funny. You didn't think about the question. Yeah. So I prefer going in the future. You know, going in the future would be fun. Yeah, that um, would be better. I want to go to a point in the future where they would think that everything that we did was basically like what we think of cavemen. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's gonna get. Well, to that we're point. not even you. Yeah. Well. So you mean as a visitor or becoming one of them? Like, becoming one of them. Yeah, okay, got it. Because they're not even going to look like us, you know that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're all going to be, like, seven feet tall and, like, hella muscular. Maybe. Are they going to all be fat? Super. No, because it's going to be all gene editing, you know? Hopefully. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Trust me, the rich people are going to grow their kids, and they're going to be, like, this. I came up with a whole sci-fi story. It's actually really fucking cool. I don't, I think it's called Eon. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's about a race of humans that are called the Omega Humans. And they were the first, like, genetically perfect humans. They were, like, seven feet tall, like, LeBron james out, you know, yeah. crazy intelligent. Yeah. And, um, and so they travel the galaxy, like, basically trying to do good in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And they become, um, they become a race of, like, guardians of the galaxy in a way. Yeah. And uh, and then what happens is that the their the home planet, like the first planet that they settled on in space, like it contains all of their knowledge and everything like that. And mm-hmm. there's like twelve different um, kind of like ethnicities within the species, right? Mm-hmm. And then what happens is there's uh, the planet gets destroyed. And there's only 12 survivors from the entire race. And oh, it's like shit. one from each one. Wow. Yeah, so it's really cool. So it's yeah. like a story of them growing up together and then their planet getting destroyed and then how some of them turn into villains and some of them stay heroes. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Go on these different journeys. So it's kind of like a space um, Game of Thrones and uh, I don't know, like ender's game or or something that's about more about youth you know yeah um i don't know anyways nobody steal that shit i will kill you somebody's gonna already steal it like i've i've been going through like a lot of sci-fi books recently (laughs) and uh the most recent one that i just uh i'm at like i'm at the end of the book but Mm -hmm. 
after the end of the book, like this guy talks about, like the like the author's friend talks about him for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, the author's name is a uh, William Gibson, and the the oh, I know William the, Gibson. The book is called Neuromancer. Neuromancer, yeah, yeah. That book is fucking well. It's a little hard to follow. I never finished it. Really? Yeah, because it's, it's it kind of hard, hard to follow. follow. But there is so much shit in that book that basically told the future, and there's so many. Yeah. He's the uh, Godfather. Yeah, so many sci-fi movies and shit that mm-hmm. they just kind of just ripped off whole like like The Matrix mm-hmm. literally was ripped off of this fucking book. It's yeah, literally his, called the Matrix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, his concept for sci-fi, their con- his concept for sci-fi definitely changed the world. I think he he might have created the cyberpunk like he did. Thing. He's yeah. considered the first notable cyberpunk author. I tried to read him in third grade, so it was oh, way over my head. Yeah, yeah. I there's no way I follow that in third grade. Yeah, yeah. so I definitely put that down. Um, but, but check it out now. I recognize. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, Neil Stevenson. You ever read his stuff? No, no. He did. Um, uh, Cryptonomicon is one he's famous for. I think for. I've heard of that one. Diamond Age. He did this one that is basically... Oh, Snow Crash. This is the one that like ton of um, Silicon Valley executives like point to as super important. Like uh, the founders of Google. Yeah. They love this book. And it's similar. So if you read Neil St- Stevenson stuff, you're like, oh shit. This is like exactly what people are doing right now. So he's kind of like... The William Gibson of the newer generation. Yeah. Because William Gibson was more influential, like, way before, like, in the 70s or 80s or something like that, right? Well, that's what was interesting. Like, the his friend, at the end of the book, he, like, basically does... I forget what they call it at the end. Mm-hmm. But basically, he's just telling a story about the guy. And he said, basically, people in the 80s, like, read his book. And for whatever reason, it seemed like he made his own prophecy kind of come true because mm-hmm. so many people read the books and they were yeah. also in the tech industry and they're like, oh, we'll just call it cyberspace. There, He already yeah. coined the phrase, you know, and he just, they, they started making things to seem more like the universe he created. Well, that's what I was telling people is that uh, sci-fi authors, a lot of times they seem like they predict the future just because their fans make their ideas real. Yeah, yeah. They inspire scientists and geeks to try like Star Trek and all that stuff. It's like the reason why a lot of technology exists right now is because it created the imagination for, or something for scientists to go for, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, these really brilliant authors, they take, I think they take what's going on at the time and then think about it, how it, what it means to humans to be human, you know, which is more of a timeless question. And then, and then, they put out all that creative, whatever the creative picture of that is, and then, and then it turns into the future. <laughs> yeah, and some of them are obviously like clear misses on shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But some of them are like spot on. Yeah, and it's just like dude, it's really interesting to see that. Yeah, yeah. I'm really loving going through all these like old school sci-fi books. Some of the new ones too. Like I, I there was a book that I uh, listened to. It was by Charlie Jane Anders, and it's mm. called like it's something about a bird. Um, all the birds in the sky. And it's really good because it's about like the it's about a witch and then uh, this kid that's really good with like technology, mm. and like I'm reading the book or listening to the book, and it's just like it's really interesting to have like two different like vastly different main characters. And I looked up like the author, and it turns out that she's a uh, transgender, and I was like, oh, this kind of makes sense. Like you know, I'm just like that's yeah. that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, you know. And then they were also the reason why I really looked her up is because. Uh, at a certain point in the book, they go to San Francisco, and there was like super detail about San Francisco, and I was like, "Is she from the yeah, Bay?" Yeah, and yeah, that she lives in nice. San Francisco. So, oh, cool! I got to check it out. Um, what else? 
So most of California's burning. Not most. I'm just kidding. There's but, a lot of burning going yeah, on. Yeah, there's a lot of burning. Yeah, way more than than the normal. There's actually a fire really close to us right now. I don't know if you know the Niles Canyon. There's a fire in I Niles. I didn't know that. Yeah, like it's in Sonol. What uh, the fuck is going on? You think it's arsonists? Uh, I think some of it is. I think once there's like a couple of right. fires that happen, and then yeah, arsonists they get to the. Plus, we're starting to see a little bit of regularity. I think during the dry season, um, so there's. Definitely potential for some arsonists to be enthusiastic about. Well, yeah, this. I mean, it was dry for a long time, and then we had El Nino. So the good thing about the good and bad thing about it being dry for a long time is that vegetation stays dead, and eventually just gets kind of wiped away. Mm. But then once you have like a bunch of rain, like we had El Nino like a, a year or two ago, you get a bunch of vegetation, and then, and then it then dries, it dry. and then it turns into kindling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking if you know the Bay Area right now is apparently has the worst air in the world which is really incredible if you think about it yeah um that means definitely don't breathe that shit in uh if you can uh and i realized if one fire can cause this much trouble for an entire the entire bay area really imagine when the apocalypse happens and Everything is burning. Oh, yeah. It's going to be real bad. Dude, the whole country will choke. Yeah. Well, the the thing, this one's kind of unique. So the fire that's, so we're in Hayward right now, and the fire that we're getting hit by the smoke is like 100 miles away. I actually think it's more than 100 miles away. But for some reason, like there's a, there's a high pressure system right now. So it's like literally nothing's moving in the air. So it's all just like sitting. Like, so in the, when I first saw it coming around, I, I live in the hills, and so... When I come down the hill, I can see like the whole bay. Usually, I can see all the way across the bay to like the mountains on the other, the hills on the other side of the bay. And now I can't see shit. Like when it first started coming, I, it was all the smoke was down below, so we're, I was above all the smoke. But now it's all up here, and I can't, I can't see shit. I can't even see the fucking eight eighty from here. Yep. And it's, I'm like, dude, that's it's crazy. Uh, it's actually really crazy because you have to remember that all the smoke you see in the distance is what you're actually sitting in at that moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I don't all, know. All the masks are, are like the filtration masks are sold out. Luckily, I have yeah. one, so I, I've been working out on my on my shed, and like you know, I worked out out there twice with my my father in law, and yeah, the next day I was just like my my sinuses are all fucking burning up. You know, my I had to take my contacts out because my contacts are all fucked up. My eyes are constantly dry, and so yesterday I went. I I was working on my shed. I just uh, put my my mask on finally and started you know doing some roofing, but. Yeah, I should have done that from the get go. Just put a fucking mask on because it's it's so bad. People, a lot of people are wearing masks out, but now I see like people walking their kids with like no masks on. I'm just like, yeah. Whenever mm-hmm. I see people walking their kids, I'm like, y'all are hell of oblivious to what's going on right now. Yeah. Um, I guess you know, a couple weeks of smoke won't ruin their lives, maybe, but maybe for some of them, I don't know. Um, I mean, if you got asthma or some shit, that's yeah, exactly. If you have some bad. condition, it's yeah. probably a terrible idea. But uh. Yeah, apparently it's not going to be contained until the end of the month. So, yeah, but luckily next week um, the the high pressure system is going to go away, and supposedly it's supposed to be a breeze coming through and maybe some uh, rain. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. Please piss on us, God. Yeah, yeah. Piss but, on us, and it'll let me know right away if my uh, my roofing skills are good because it's the first <laughs> time I've done a roof. So, yeah. Um. What else? We I'm feeling frisky tonight. We should talk about some inflammatory shit. You want to talk about? I mean, Trump's always inflammatory, right? So you want to talk about him? I don't know what it, what there really is to say about him at this point, though. 
Well, we talk shit about California, about how we mismanage our, our forests, even though it's under the National Forest. It's mm. weird because we only have 2% of the forests that are state-owned. So He just speaks a lot of nonsense. Um, oh, actually, so I had an idea for a TV show. Really? It's uh, basically about the second Civil War. And what happens is after Trump, a Democratic uh, president comes in and then fucking bans all the guns. <laughs> and then all the conservatives go fucking ape shit, and then it turns in it leads to a civil war because a bunch of states decide that they want to leave the country, and it's the it's the states that were still salty over the first civil war because that's still part of the history, right? So yeah. then they create a new rebellion, and then it leads to civil war, and uh, and and then season two, then you start to see how like Russia and the other countries are involved in yeah, manipulating try to chop us up. it. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be all bad. America will be in a very, very weak, terrible position in the world because of that. Um, anyways, I think this would be a really cool TV show idea. Well, it'd be you know what's interesting about like this the uh, possible second civil war because like there's two sides. In one side, even though they're they say a lot. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll just say the left, like the, the ones that want to take away guns and stuff like that. Like it's nice to say all that, but if you really push that far enough, and somebody's like, "No, you're not going to take our guns," you obviously don't have guns. You know what I mean? So it's like you're you're never going to win that. I mean, uh, unless you persuade the vast majority of the military to to be on your side. Well, that's what it is. So the, the liberals, it's a liberal president. So it's basically the military versus. But the military has its own problems because it's going to have defectors, it's yeah. going to have generals that join the other yeah, side. Too, yeah. I'm telling you, dude, this this would be a series where you really don't know what is going to happen in the end because it's so volatile. Yeah. It'd be kind of like Man in the High Castle meets like um, Children of Men. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the lead guy is like this Muslim freedom fighter. Or not freedom fighter, but like kind of like a rebel in New York. Mm-hmm. See, I should have had you talk to. Uh, I've been trying to get you and my, my other friend John, who's actually in process of making a TV show. He's like a pilot and all this shit. And mm. Kickstarter starts uh, tomorrow. I can finally talk about it because this oh, will cool. come out tomorrow. So, oh yeah, um, nice. His Kickstarter is dope because he. Uh, th- did I tell you his, 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 his the, the, the actual show premise? Maybe he has like a, it's a Cupid that ends up being like a, a bad Cupid. Oh yeah, I think he told me. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's, it's cool. It's hilarious, and That's so a he, good idea. He ended up making like these these Cupid dolls. Yeah. Right, and so he, I think he made like he made a bunch of them, and like they, when you click his wing, he like gives like bad Cupid advice, <laughs> and so that's his that's his thing for his Kickstarter to like help him fund the mm-hmm. show or to get it you know further along, and uh, I thought it was a really cool idea to like do a Kickstarter for something to where you get a product back like right away because he's trying to get it out before uh, Valentine's Day because it's like bad advice for you know yeah. couples and shit. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, like, really cool to see, like, for me, I get to see all the behind-the-scenes shit, like, how to get a show running and, like, mm. everything from, like, like, he showed me clips from, like, the voice actors and, like, how he does, like, the storyboards and all that shit. I'm like, oh, this is fucking dope. Yeah. You know, like, I, I've never been, like, behind the scenes like that Super before. Super cool, though, yeah. the work that goes behind the scenes. Um, is it a web series? Uh, no, but there's only one. Uh, he, well, he's trying to get a network to pick it up. Mm. So he's been in talks it's with, like. It's a cartoon. Like, yeah, it's a cartoon. And he's gotten a whole bunch of uh, different networks looking at it, but nobody's picked it up yet. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very confident that I'll get sure. It just up. has to keep developing and keep making 
making it himself, you know? Yeah, and, he, and he's won a bunch of awards for, like, mm-hmm. his first, the first, like, pilot episode that he, that he did. It's not even really a pilot. It's kind of like how, remember how South Park had the uh, Santa Claus versus Jesus, like, the first one? It wasn't really a pilot. It was just, like, a, I don't know what you call it. I don't know what you would call it. But, yeah, that's basically what he had. It's, like, uh, maybe 15 like minutes. Like a proof of concept? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's won, I think, over 100 awards at this wow. point. Wow. Yeah. That's dope. I got to check it out. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah. Um, inflammatory shit. Uh, the thing about Trump is, like, everybody already is already doing all the talking for me. I don't think there's – I kind of just am not even paying attention to everything he's doing. Um, except, you know, once sometimes headlines pop out. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a thought while I was driving over here today. It really saddens me that Johnny Depp and Nicolas Cage never made a movie together in their primes. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Dude, that would have yeah. been amazing. <laughs> That's like the like Sylvester Stallone and Schwarzenegger doing doing it in their prime. They should have done that. That but their egos were too big. They were definitely never going to. Well, they, but they did it with uh what was it? The Expendables. Expendables. That's yeah. not their That's prime. That's their prime. Yeah. So But I don't know. Sylvester they Stallone... did it just enough time so that it was still enjoyable. It was still nostalgic. It wasn't like you know what was hella sad was when uh, Robert De Niro and Sylvester Stallone did the boxing movie. Oh, I didn't watch that one. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even watch it either. I was like, wow, y'all really milking, milking it, this one. But Stallone looks like he's in his prime right now. I'm like, yo, you're like fucking 100 years old. Oh, that HGH, yo. Yeah. I'm like, that, I mean, honestly, that's going to be, that's one the future. One day, he's, his, he's just going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to explode. He'll anything look great that, until he pops. And anything that touches him is going to become him. So that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what's what are some topics that people are talking about. I also kind of checked out on social media a little bit, so I don't know what people are all talking about these days. Yeah, I just um, I've been busy with just like yeah. other shit recently. I mean, I've been on social media with like my own shit, you know what I mean. But I haven't been really been, I haven't really been doing social commentary that much because mm. things are kind of getting like too ridiculous. For yeah, me, you know. I mean, I made a comment I guess about the fires and stuff like that, but mm. it's just like. It's getting hard to believe, like, all the shit that people have, things that they're getting away with. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't understand how you can get away with all this shit. Like, the, the PG&E thing is another one where they, they're thinking that the campfire is, was started by PG&E, another oh. bad transmission line. That's true or false? Uh, well, it's a possibility. Oh. Because they knew that there was, a, there was definitely a problem with one of their lines. Oh, oh uh, that's right. I read before. that. Yeah, but they don't know if it was a start or not. And uh, if you are not from California... Uh, earlier this year, they signed a bill into law where uh, people that get PG and E is a power company. It's Pacific, Pacific Gas and Electric, and people that use PG and E they have to pay extra when fires happen mm. to cover it. And PG and E has a very long history of both gas explosions and uh, starting fires with, with their electrical lines. And they've already said if this is their problem that they do not have enough liability insurance to cover the cost. They only have $1.9 billion left in liability insurance this year, and there's more than $19 billion worth of damage already. Well, from what the article, the impression I got from that article, I don't think it's going to be hard to pin it on them for sure. I mean, they, could, they figured it out before. So. But that was like gas explosions and shit, though. No, they figured out the electrical lines, too. Oh, they did? Yeah, oh. yeah. I, I wish I had my brother on, because he's, he's a fire Well, captain. in that case, yeah. PG&E... You might get what you deserve. Yeah. Well, no, they won't because they're already saying that they're too big. Like they already signed a bill in the law. If if they do get, you know, if this is on them, they're gonna pass the cost down to us. 
What? Yeah. That's oh, what I thought you means. meant. I thought the end of that sentence was they're going to go bankrupt. No, no. Oh, we would have to pay the for opposite. it. opposite. They would jack up our rates to pay to cover the liability. Mm. And I'm like, what the fuck? Because they're saying it's too big to fail. I'm like, listen, if a government tells me that a company is too big to fail, then the government has failed. <laughs> like, you should never allow a company to get that big to where you, they're, at that point, they're a monopoly. And you're supposed to protect us against monopolies. Like, I'm all for, like, less government, but there's basic shit they should do, and it's shit like this. Mm. You know, like, they're, uh, they have literally no competitor in Northern California. None. That's true. They are a monopoly. So, if you had to be a criminal, what kind of criminal would you be? How would you earn your money? How would I earn my money? Uh, I'd go back into hacking. Ooh, yeah. cyber criminal. Yeah, yeah. Duh! <laughs> Duh! Super, super well, easy for me. <laughs> super easy for you. Shit. I would have to learn computers before I could do that. Um, that's such a good answer, though, because you could do it in ways where, like, if you're not greedy, you could probably get away with a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then you could have a relatively similar lifestyle to what you have right now. Yeah, and you know, I'd work, you know, legitimate jobs, too, just as, as a freelance contractor. So, yeah, I mean, it'd, be, it'd be fine. So I'd have, like, a legit income mixed in with my, my dirty money. Easy, easy <laughs> London. So, yeah. By the way, have you seen Ozark? Yes, of course I have. Okay. It's a great, great show. Did you watch season two? I did. It's, I, I, I love the show. I like how... It's kind of slow, but not. It's not. It's tense every episode. It's really well written. I'm definitely going to do a breakdown on it. Um, I hate the daughter. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of cunty. I recognize why she's there because there has to be at least one moral voice there. Like one person asking questions because otherwise it's just a whole family of people like doing evil like without any qualms. You know what I mean? Like, the boy is interesting because he's, like, trying to be noble and protective, but he's yeah. not really cut out for that life, per se. He's uh, he's really interesting to me. But he's growing. He's getting smarter. And yeah. then, um, but the girl is just so, she just does stupid shit after stupid shit and then has the same attitude every time. Like, there was definitely in the first season, there were points where I was like, Bitch, you were just running for your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you understand what fucking situation you're in and what but I understand like if you're a teen, the hormones are gonna be crazy and like you're just not going to think clearly in that manner. Yeah. But even though I said that, but her brother seems to understand the situation a lot better and he's younger, so but he, basically he, he she's on the hormones though. Yeah. He, yeah, he's not there yet. But regardless, she's the most annoying T V character I've seen in a long time. Again, I recognize why she needs to be there, but third season, if she doesn't fucking wise up a little bit and do something yeah. mature, I'm going to fucking choke her out with my words. I love uh, Ruth. Like, she's Oh, yeah, Ruth is favorites. awesome. Her character yeah. arc is amazing. Yeah. Very um, brokenhearted. Um, yeah, it's really well written, though. And Jason Bateman, you know what I really appreciated about that show? I was like, Dude, whatever stress I have and random shit that appears definitely is not on the level like that. Yeah. So yeah. if I had to come up with like $800,000 in two days so that I wouldn't, my whole family wouldn't get murked, I'd be fucking on the run across the country because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know where the fuck to find that money. But I like the mentality that every fucking problem he gets, he's like, well, I got to solve it somehow. And they just yeah. keep, even though it's creating a really complicated web and... It's interesting to see the wife, too. She's turning into this really scary, like, 
Stepford wife smiling but murderous. Like, well, did you see what they did there? Like in uh, the show, like they basically they're making her like the uh, the other wife. She's the, the Walter White. No, 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 no. Oh, of the you know cra- oh, yeah, what yeah. The, she's evolving like uh, the Snells. The yeah, the Snells, like yeah. the Snell wife. Because he, he, they even said it. You know that. Uh, uh-huh. She was so scary that he would he was like scared to do anything around her. Right. Oh yeah, that was great. That was great writing when he's yeah. yeah he was basically narrating for um yeah the the main wife. That and, was amazing. Yeah, the show is great. Still hate the daughter, but uh, you got one more season to fucking for her arc to make sense. Otherwise, she just needs to die. Yeah. Like, yeah. She should be dead. What else was another good show that I was watching? There was something else I was watching that was really good. And I can't fucking remember. God damn it! That went fucking nowhere. Shows I've been watching, um, yeah, pretty much Ozark. I rewatched, started rewatching Game of Thrones from the first episode. Really, dude, the foreshadowing that they drop from like the first episode, first, second, third episode is incredible. Like even just like when, uh, so in the second episode, the fucking Lannisters show up. And uh, to Winterfell, and then the imp is, like, talking about the wall. and like, oh, I always wanted to see it, but I never wanted to be a fucking Night's Watch. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, boom, you're going to be in fucking Night's Watch, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I don't know. It's just, like, yeah, it's just beautiful. Like, um, It's a great show. Yeah, fuck. They really nailed that one. That and one. The next season is six episodes, and that's yeah. it. Well, no, no, no. There's be another one. No, this is the last season. I thought it was two more seasons. No, they're doing prequels and other like spinoffs and shit. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure this is the final season. I thought they were breaking the final season into two seasons. Did really? I make that up in my head? Shit, I might be making my shit up then. Uh, no, I might be wrong. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, but I heard it was supposed to be like action packed. Oh, it is. Yeah, you're right. It's the last one, right? Yeah. It's gonna be super action packed because they have to. Damn it! I was really pissed that. Well, I'm interested what uh, George R. R. Martin's point of it is that um so it's kind of funny because you got the lannisters siblings fucking and then now you got on the other side john snow and um sansa no but they're not daenerys yeah oh yeah they, they should have fucking babies just saying but i'm saying they're related oh yeah that's true siblings. Yeah, yeah, yeah so i think that's hilarious that he made a fucking coin and on both sides is like this family dynasty incestual like good and evil that's what i'm saying i'm like really interested for the books to come out and be like okay well what is this <laughs> it's well, like very greek i guess well it's funny because like back then well not i mean this is fictional but like yeah. back then if like you want to look <laughs> back at like, then in, in winterfell <laughs> like if this was real like life yeah. they had a lot of that shit going on they had like, yeah a that's lot of, true you keep it all true, true, in the true. bloodline especially and with the royalty stuff yeah and that's why they don't have kings and queens anymore because they all got fucking they're all hemophiliacs and mm. fucking damn near cyclopses because mm. you shouldn't fuck your <laughs> your family. So, uh, I was side note. I've been listening to a, a series of Stanford psychology lecture. Um, I mean classes. You know, mm-hmm. they're talking about genetic va- variants. There's some crazy ones out there. You can fuck your second cousin. Yeah, it's it's gross, but yeah, second cousin is fine. Yeah. First cousin, not so much. But it messes up your family tree, though. <laughs> well, it messes it up on paper, but I'm saying yeah. in terms of having inbred children, yeah. second cousin is fine. <sighs> yeah, it's still weird. Pretty gnarly. But that's what I'm saying. Like, George R. R. Martin, I'm like, that's a really, like, random pl- 
plot twist to put into the whole series. It it turns it is a yin and yang thing because it's it's the song of fire and ice, you know. Yeah. So it's yeah. really like those two families, I guess, and their their place in history. But I'm just worried he's gonna fucking die before his book is done. Everybody is. Everybody's he, saying it so much. I'm wondering if maybe that's what's keeping him alive. I mean, I can somebody like get him a personal trainer or some shit. You know, I'm just I'm just saying he's just having too much fun, man. <laughs> I I mean. That's what he said. It's too much fun doing like shit that I would not consider that much fun. You know what I mean? Like, well, that, he's living life right now. He, sort of. I mean, he ain't fucking random bitches. For him though, he's having fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know he could get some bitches too. Uh, well, I mean, Harvey Weinstein got bitches, so. Dude, yeah. trust me, he's, that that guy. Yeah, there's got to be some chicks that will fucking, you know, do the deed. And he's nerdy too. Yeah. Just. You know what I was thinking about the other day? Actually, it was just today. And I was thinking about... Because I was talking to somebody uh, on chat. He's a young, younger guy than me. And uh, he was talking about... I said I, I wasn't getting ass in the in the 90s. And he was like, dude, you were like, you know, 18 to 21. I was like, yeah. Like, you, you didn't... I read the, I, I wrote that right. I, I didn't fuck until I was like, late, like later in life. And I think people have this misconception of like who I am today of like... Compared to like who I was then, like I was not the person I am today. Mm. Like I was just like some fucking super awkward, nerdy ass kid. You know what I mean? I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I, I thought girls were fucking some weird enigma. Uh, I didn't. I had one girlfriend in in high school, mm-hmm. and uh, that just kind of fell apart because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we parted ways like amicably, but I was just like, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. I was terrified of getting no guy does. Uh, Somebody pregnant and shit, you know. And I was just like, and I was like, I, I was. Damaged. Were you more terrified of them getting pregnant, or the fact that you'd have to bury their body? <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't even. I, I'm just, just kidding. Getting pregnant, yeah. <laughs> and I was, you know, I was just. I, I knew I was damaged from like an early, early in life, and I was like, I don't want to like bring my baggage. Sure. To like somebody else, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that was like. I still don't. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. <laughs> well, at least I, most at our points in life now we've like Released sort of fixed most, most of it. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like back that's then, true, you didn't true. know what the fuck was going on. Yeah, that's true. I um, I agree with all that. I uh, I uh, what was I gonna say? There was something you made me think of. This is totally off topic, but um, you like dark jokes, inappropriate jokes. I do. I mean, I was a marine. We're up. We you all have to, uh, right? Yeah. I was, <laughs> dude. It was freaking hilarious. I was having lunch with uh, some coworkers. Just me, this guy Nick, who has a dark sense of humor. He's fucking hilarious, and um, and then three other people who are like pretty decent people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I forgot how we got on it, but we were talking about movies or something. And then somebody mentioned the movie um, or said toy or to- not toy soldiers. It was like uh, somebody said kid trophies. <laughs> oh, they were talking about not movies. They're talking about families that raise their kids like trophy kids, you know? Yeah. And it's a uh, bad idea, by the way. Right, and uh, and I was thinking when they said that I was thinking like big game hunting with kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like a kid's head on the wall or something. Right, shit. and then like like the predator, you know, like you start hunting them and you start taking them. And so me and me and this guy Nick just started riffing on that and just started saying all these like horrible things like in that theme, you know, like. Wearing like a necklace of their fingers, <laughs> the bones, and like shit like that. And, like the other three people were so like mortified, they were like almost sick, you know? Like it was so funny. And I was 
taking more joy out of the expression on their face. Yeah. And I was like, I guess it's not PC. Well, well you get to a point to where when you're in a conversation like that, you have to um, you have to try to one up the other guy. Yeah, exactly. Right? So we just kept coming up with random shit, you know. I think most people that have dark senses of humor is usually have a, a fucked up past. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of how you, and you need how you the cope. humor to cope. That's yeah. true. I mean, and also, um, according to one of those Facebook articles where everybody's more intelligent for whatever they do. Um, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's definitely... That's what annoys me. Can you find the A in five seconds? I'm like, bitch, it's very obvious. It's X isn't an A. Like, what the fuck? Well, I was thinking more like smart people sleep late at night. Oh, smart yeah. people drink too much coffee. I'm like, basically, smart people just do all the bad shit you're not supposed to do. But um, yeah. but it is. I think there's definitely a correlation with intelligence and having the ability to have a dark sense of humor because you have to be able to analyze a situation and make a joke out of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, anyways. I, I agree with that. I, I like a uh, dark sense of humor, though. I think it's, I think it's good for the fucking soul. Cause you, I mean, you get to let that, you get to let out that little piece yeah, exactly. of your soul that you, you know it's it fucked out. up. You know, so you have to let it out. I was having this debate with my friend about how, and we've talked about this before too. But how bad are men compared to women? Right? Like, how much of destroyers are men? compared to women well we've got we've debated this a little bit mm-hmm. like i think it was like we said as, something different though we were talking about who's more violent i guess okay so when it comes to like physical violence yes men have Clearly. the fucking crown but yeah. so so this is where the debate started though because we were kind of debating it's a you know when i started really doing more research it is complicated because it is our genes it is our biology it is our chemistry it is the environment it is the social world that we live in you know and yeah. that and um it got me thinking, though, and I think one of the biggest barriers to equality between men and women is men's inability to understand their own emotions. We don't, we're not trained to think about how to deal with complex inner issues that don't involve some sort of exterior conquest or some... Like, for instance, if you're some nerd that's hated in high school, you have to, like, most people put their energy into making money or becoming famous or becoming successful, and then they can get that fucking girl that they can never get, and a very tiny percentage is actually, like, let me work on myself and be happy with who I am so I don't give a fuck who who approves of me or not, and then I can still get somebody for being me, you know? Yeah, Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. So... Well, I think one of the problems is, and this this comes from I think both men and women is that yeah. um, our society does not put enough emphasis on boys. Yes, like, exactly. As That's far what as I like mean. developing boys. That's what I'm saying. Like I was I was watching, uh, I was watching TV with my daughter today. She you know she's almost two, mm-hmm. and uh, a thing comes on for you know American Dolls, and it's all about you know little girls empowering little girls. But mm-hmm. I've never seen. A, a commercial about empowering little boys. Right. Like, ever. That's super damaging. And, yeah. And I think the problem is people look at it and they treat it just like men are treated, right? Like, oh, they're on top already, so what do they really need? Yeah. Little boys are on top. But that's not true. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. they, all need, they all need help and because they're all, like, really s- simple blank slates, like fragile machines that you fuck their psychology up with your the way that you treat them and the expectations yeah. and you know i'm just thinking like oh as a boy it's like you get punished by 
boys and girls if you like cry or if you show emotion, right? Because yeah. if you're like super sensitive, then no girl's gonna be into you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they also reinforce the stereotype they want like a manly man or they want whatever that means to them, yeah. you know? So I think that is actually the biggest thing that impedes equality because women can fight all they want, but if men aren't actually helping, then they'll never get the equality that they want. Yeah, and I think that I really wish well, I don't it's hard for me to say. It'd be nice for me to raise a boy at this point in my life. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I have two so girls. You put a samurai sword in his hand? Yeah, exactly. Right away. Yeah. It's like, you have a problem with somebody? You fucking just <laughs> slice, bro. Put me shown on him. No. <laughs> but it's like to really have him learn from, from my mistakes sure. as a young uh, male. male. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, kind of coming up. And, you know, because there's, like, I, there's a lot of shit that you, they don't teach you when, for most, you know, boys when, when you're growing up. Like, I didn't understand how to deal with aggression exactly. as a little boy. And I think that's where a lot of boys uh, go the wrong way. Yeah. It's just nobody tells them that, hey, you're getting pumped full of this fucking drug known as testosterone right. when you're young, and it's like you, you don't know what to do with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And no, there's no guidance there. Um, you know, when, when girls go through uh, you know, their, their periods, like there's all kinds of support there for them. Yeah, there's a community. They yeah. talk to each other. They share knowledge before it even happens. Yeah. Like, they're being prepped. That's the thing about women is they really support each other in a tribal aspect. Men are definitely more like fucking lone wolves or something. They just like, unless you got a dad that's like really there and in your life and really consciously helping you. But yeah, for most people, you know, they have to grow up. And then so where do they learn how to respond to their aggression? They have from TV and movies. Or, and, or like know. friends that had the same shitty fucking exactly. instructions that they had. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or And maybe they're doing, yeah, exactly. Maybe they're copying their friends who learned from a dad who's like an alcoholic or, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I think, um, I think boys need a lot more attention and care and that's for the betterment of everybody. You know what I mean? But at this point, I mean, we're not, it's really hard to, like, e- even saying that boys need attention, too, like, someone's going to get mad. That's what I mean. And that's unfair. Like, fuck? And that's not logical, because the thing is, that's what I'm saying, is if women want equality, this is a major part of the equation yes. that has to be solved totally agree. for true equality. Otherwise, yeah. you could throw your head against the wall all you want. There will always be men out there who are literally willing to kill you for their slice of the pie. Yeah, I mean, like if you look at the the most recent shooter that we had, the the mass shooter, yeah. like it was really for. There's no real apparent reason. He was a marine, which I I hate to even fucking say that. I wish mm. you could take that fucking mm. uh, demote that, that yeah classification because that pisses me off yeah. as, as a marine. It's just like, dude, like yeah. what the? This is not what we do. We we protect people, right? Um, I mean, we we kill the bad guys, and the, you well, went into a fucking yeah, but you do it for the protection of your people, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just think that people are just there, you know, men can be so misguided when they don't understand things about themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that another thing that we need really need to talk about is mental health mm-hmm. in America. And I think that yeah. I think mental health can I'm not saying it's always going to. I think it can hit men way harder than people think it does, you know, because a lot of men uh, pride themselves on being, you know, stoic. Right. And that I mean, that's good sometimes, but it's bad when you have some shit. That you need, need to, to work off. out. Yeah. yeah. I 100% agree. I mean, uh, I, I hit that, you know, when I was, I, I'm still kind of stoic, but I worked out most of my issues. Yeah. You know, like I, I saw a therapist, you know, I, I know I have issues. I know how to fucking deal with them. I think a lot of men out there, first of all, they don't even know they have issues and they don't know where to start. They don't know what to do with the way they feel. 
and they feel like they're all alone and nobody's going to help them. And it, it doesn't help when we have literally no men's shelters out there. And when and somebody tries to like yeah. create a men's shelter or, or men's shelter or something like that, they get shot down because they think that, you know, other issues are more important. But it's like, look, if, if you are not taking care of the obviously physically more uh, capable sex, uh, you got to have some problems. You know what I mean? Like, because at any yeah, point in time, sure. if they get really fucking mad and you're weaker than they are, right. they're going to take advantage 100% exactly. of the time. That's so. what I'm saying. There's men that are willing to literally physically kill. And it's like, you can't beat that unless you change the entire behavior of everybody, you know? Like, so yeah, we'll see what happens. I think, uh, <clears throat> I think boys feel alone because they are alone. I don't think there are resources. So, um, well, you're right. There's no resources, but they shouldn't be alone. But the pro- that's, that's the problem, though. Is like there needs are. to be resources out there, but they get they, they get shot down time and time again right. for the most ridiculous fucking reasons. Because you think that some other issue is more important. Like I, I will, or you just have to have women start these foundations. Uh, some people try. Like a, yeah. you know you know Casey J. You ever heard of her? Mm. So she was a, a former feminist who mm. decided to make a documentary. Mm. I forget what it was called. I think it's called the. I think it's literally called the Red Pill. Mm. And so she decided to start a documentary and see what was all about the MRA, the Men's Rights Advocates. Mm. And her thoughts from the get go was like, "I'm going to expose these these men for being basically pieces of shit." And so she started talking to these guys. And she and realized they're just all hurt babies. No, no, she realized <laughs> that they have real issues and they mm-hmm. have real problems that are not being addressed I at see. all that are leading to all this manifestation of behavior yeah and so she tried to speak out she well she's not trying she's actually speaking out about it and she's being shunned by you know mm-hmm. news outlets mm-hmm. other women mm-hmm. you know they're they're just like totally trash talking her and she's like look they have real issues out there that people are just totally ignoring and this is likely a problem with our society mm-hmm. like a, a huge problem with our society mm-hmm mm. What else? Uh, I was thinking about something as we were talking, and then I then I, I forgot. I should have wrote it down. I have a fucking pen right mm-hmm. here, and I didn't write it down. Uh, Titans is trash. Oh, I didn't even watch it. Fucking Blue told me. Oh, what, when I saw Starfire. That's what made was, me really yeah. lose interest. I was like, she's wearing a pimp. Why she wearing a, First of all, when somebody's... Anytime you bring up Starfire and Titans, they want to bring up racism. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, you silly bitch. I've seen 100% better cosplay with, mm-hmm. with uh, African-American She does women. look like a cheap hooker. Yeah. Like, straight up. I was like... It has nothing to do with her race. The quality of the hair dye job looks terrible. The costume looks terrible. Yeah, exactly. There's been better cosplay than what they ended up putting on screen. Yeah, and I, I don't... And I hate that it's it's going to fall on her as a per, as like a, as an actress, mm. but it's not on her. It's about the people that created the character for the show. Mm-hmm. They're fucking her over. You know, it is true. Plus, imagine how terrible she feels. Everybody's like, "You look like a fucking hooker, bitch." Yeah, yeah, because she does. But she's got to be stupid if she looks in the mirror and doesn't think that herself too. She's wearing a pimp coat. Yeah, (laughs) like, dude. If I was her, I'd be like, "Fuck me." (laughs) We need to have a meeting about this shit. Money's money, though. Yeah, you know. I mean, I guess it's just they probably were like, "Oh, when we'll do the color correction and impose, it's gonna look different." Like, no, you look like a cheap ass whore. Yeah, you look like. East 14th walking down the street fucking... And she doesn't fly, right? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. I'm like, she's supposed to fly. 
Yeah. Yeah. And she's supposed to, the thing I really liked about her was like the attention to detail where she never spoke in, was it conjugations? Like she wouldn't, she would say do not and not don't. That's conjugations, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my English is meh. Mm. <laughs> but I like that. It was almost like, uh, did you ever watch Naruto? Yeah. There's a character, you know, Rock Lee? No. All right. Well, see, he was a character. Watch in the show. Of it. He was the same thing. He would never speak in conjugations. Mm. He would say both of the words. I just ate way too much candy. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> Sorry, it's sitting there. Somebody's got to eat it. So I've been eating some of it. You want to? Here, I'll make you feel better. I'll, I'll eat a piece. No, you don't have to eat it. Just, just, right. just keep it out of my. <laughs> Stay it away. I can't reach it now. Good. I was gonna say you're looking slimmer, my man. I am. Yeah, I lost yeah. some weight. I noticed. I've been pretty good. I didn't want to comment until we're actually talking. <laughs> so, well, so what'd you the, do? Mm, just, Not jujitsu. I'm just saying. But what'd you do? <laughs> actually, you know what? Funny, something funny. I went to a jujitsu class. Really? Mm-hmm. So what'd you think? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna go back. Where'd you go? Panda. Panda. Jay's guy. Jay's guy. Mm-hmm. Jay's guy. Oh, CSU East Bay. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, I know Panda. I mean, mm-hmm. we're all the time. Mm-hmm. So what? Well, next time you go, let me know. Okay. And we'll go. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, yeah, I was not going to tell you because I was going to train more and then surprise oh, you. Oh, you still got no chance. You could train for five years and you wouldn't have a chance. No, no. With, you <laughs> well, with you no have arms, chance. though. With no arms. Oh, with no arms? Okay. Yeah. Well, right now, I've, I've got a if broken fingernail. If I put six months so. in... Yeah. And didn't tell you, and you had no arms. I don't think it'd be quite as easy for you to <laughs> submit me as before, if with as I would be right now. Have you rolled? Have you rolled Panda? No. Okay, so roll with him, and then yeah. No, I'm you'll, fully you'll aware how insignificant <laughs> I am in my uh, abilities. Oh, I'm so um, glad that you're rolling with like people that I know, because Panda's a good dude. Hey, it seems really great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. So when you said it didn't click, because I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, I know a panda, but yeah, I'm you like, would never no imagine you know that I'm literally going to the guy that you know too. Yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, I, <clears throat> hmm, I don't know if I could, should talk about this. Go ahead. If they, if anything, we can edit it out. So <laughs> I mean, where are we at? One, oh, 57 minutes. All right. So go ahead. Say what you want to say. Well, basically, what happened was, I rolled with Jay. Yeah. And. um it made me realize, like, this is fun. Yeah. I don't care if I get my ass kicked. I'll, I'll, I would like to get my ass kicked a lot, but um, rolling is really fun. It is fun. Yeah. It, I, need, I need to do it to get out my energy because just the gym is not enough for me. Yeah, and this gets out, like, the there's a primal side that most people don't know, especially men. They don't even know they fucking have. And it's yeah, there. They, it's all there. Yeah. And it's and the thing I like about BJJ is that it's got the manly side that you're rolling that you're there's a lot of technique, intelligence and all that stuff and but it's also got enough of the spiritual side where it's definitely has a humility to it and and it's not like um let's say like Muay Thai where it's like mostly aggression. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like Aikido's like too much spirituality and not enough cool shit. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, except the sword stuff and the staff stuff. But the actual Aikido, like, it's like, yeah, ridiculous. If you were trying to put that, put that up against, like, BJJ. You well, know what I mean? the problem with Aikido in... Here, give me your wrist yeah. so I can lock you. It's always a willing opponent. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it, it's funny because when you watch those videos, like, the a person who's being demonstrated on always is just super passive yeah. and completely flops like immediately like whatever's happening you know yep 
Um, and you can do wrist locks in jujitsu mm-hmm. after blue belt. I mean, you, unless you go to some other like, mm-hmm. there's places where you can do it as like a white belt. But mm-hmm. uh, and I've got like notoriously like fucked up wrists, mm-hmm. and so I'm very aware if I'm gonna get wrist locked. So if somebody in Aikido like grab my hand, I'd be yeah. like, no. You know what I mean? So and that's like all it is. Yeah, I'm, like you're not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty <laughs> so. useless. Um, I mean, knowing the locks and stuff would be. If you were going to be like a Bruce Lee, like an MMA fighter where you want to learn all the styles, yes, learning the locks in Aikido would be like the cherry on top after I learned everything else, you know? Uh, well, yes and no. So this is what the reason why I love MMA, because mm. it's a filter for bullshit techniques. I've never even heard of a single wrist lock True. being used in, M- in MMA. It, don't get me wrong, it's been used yeah, in like Yeah, but jiu-jitsu. on the average person... On average person, if you knew, yeah, dude, if I you can, knew jujitsu like yeah. and boxing and Muay Thai, yeah, and then Aikido, like if somebody, you could definitely fuck with somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why there's a there's a guy on uh, YouTube. I forget his YouTube channel, but I, I love his channel because he was a guy who was an Aikido guy. He's a black belt in Aikido. Has had his own fucking gym. And then one day he realized this might be bullshit, <laughs> and he uh, he decided. I think it's called the the art of the journey or something like that mm. but he decided to like branch out and like he tried to use like aikido on an mma guy and he realized basically how worthless it was totally and worthless. he was like so then he started the journey when like, i took it arts. i knew it was worthless i didn't last really <laughs> i never took aikido because so. even when i was just doing i'm like dude what scenario is somebody gonna, gonna try to punch me in slow motion yeah and especially i realized if they're bigger than me and stronger like grabbing somebody's hand Mid punch, and then manipulating their wrist. That. Yeah, it's like impossible. Yeah, you'd have to be like stupid fast. Yeah, yeah. like I could do it to a third grader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So you you could if you want to beat up third graders, Aikido is the perfect martial art for it because <laughs> you could just break their wrist in one move. Wait, so one of the reasons why I love jujitsu is because they secretly teach you things that you don't even know you know. Mm. So, um, in jiu-jitsu, when you go to competitions, mm. they have uh, a point system. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand the point system. Like, I understood the, how to get points when someone's getting points on me. But I did not understand the significance until, like, a couple of years. Like, a couple of years after I started doing jiu-jitsu. Mm. Uh, so, in jiu-jitsu, when you get a takedown, it's two points. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go to side control, that's two points. When you pass somebody's guard, I think it's, like, two or three points. When you uh, get knee on belly... Mm-hmm. And you're on top, you get three points. When you go to mount, that's four points. When you go to back mount, that's four points. I was like, okay, it's cool to know all the points, but I didn't really put two and two together until this guy named John Danaher really broke it down. All right, so the reason why it's significant is because, and you don't even know when you're doing jiu-jitsu, is that when you're, when you're doing jiu-jitsu, if you take somebody down, that's great because now you're taking away all of their leverage when they're on the ground. So that, that's the reason why you get points. Mm-hmm. When you get to side control... They're, you bypass their legs, mm-hmm. and they can't even kick you. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can't effectively punch somebody from your back. Really, you know, when you do knee on belly, you now have the gravity on your side to punch them. Mm. That's why you get three points. If you go to mount, that's even worse. If you mount on somebody and you hit them, it's usually game over. Yeah, that, that's that's it. When you take somebody's back, that's the fucking worst. And that's why it's also four points mm. because. You take their back, like they have no weapons literally at all to hit you with. I mean, you can elbow them maybe, but there's there's no power behind yeah. it. Yeah, you know, so that's the reason why they have the, mm. that point system. So that's cool. But they, but nobody 
instructors don't tell you that when mm. you do it. You just you, you just, just learn, learn it. what. Yeah, it's more important to learn why. So, but don't you think that, or do you think that no points and just to submission is the most pure pure way to do it? For sure, unless. But we, what's when it can hit you though? That's when it becomes kind of important, right? You, the so you points. Should, uh, well, it it kind I'm of saying if you're in competition, like the best situation for you in terms of being useful is probably to be able to submit somebody or to have a strategy where you can submit them. Yeah, I'm all about submission. Yeah. But it, when, especially when you're new, uh, it's very hard to submit somebody without controlling them first. Sure. Right? So I, I can, as a purple belt now, I can have very little control and still submit you. But if you're new, you really need control. And ideally, even I say it as a purple belt, you should control them first sure. before even attempting a submission. Right. I'm just saying, like, in a game, a contest of who's the best. Should it be submission? You think about submission, o- submission only. They, they have those. Yeah, that's why I'm saying. Yes. I was watching both of those types of tournaments. Submission only are, like, and way more fun. Way more fun. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, this is way more the shit because yeah. points, the problem is people will win by they going stall. for the points. Yeah. So then they'll be like, oh, I'm going to get, like, this side control, but I don't need to do anything with it. I just yeah. need to get it. And then, so I'm like, mm, I think I'd rather go for the more hardcore one where, like, you have to yeah. submit or be submitted and then whatever it takes to get that, make that happen, you know? Well, that's why I like, uh, there's a uh, uh, Eddie Bravo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a jiu-jitsu, like, icon. He's kind of controversial because he's a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> but he created this thing called EBI, the Eddie Bravo Invitational. And he mm-hmm. kind of revolutionized, uh, mm-hmm. especially viewing jiu-jitsu, because he came up with this submission-only uh, tournament where uh, it's submission only, you know, it's a 10-minute match, and if nobody gets a submission at the end of the match, you start in either on the back or in spider web, which is basically like an armor, armor position, mm-hmm. and then you work from there. And basically, like, over time is like, so if, I have, if I'm on your back and I try to, you know, choke you or whatever, but you get out, then you go on my back or mm-hmm. to my armbar, and then you go out. Mm-hmm. And then basically, if nobody submits each other, it's whoever escaped the fastest out of mm-hmm. all time. And so that's like... Right now, that's the best system that I've seen to like, especially to watch, because everybody's trying to fucking submit, mm. and uh, you get paid. Nice, like a significant. Like if you if you submit somebody with within the time limit, like within ten minutes, mm-hmm. you get paid five thousand dollars per match. What? Yeah, because so, that because it's that hard to do. Well, yeah, and it's like because inter- it's entertaining because like you yeah. you know if you can submit them, you get that fucking money. And like jiu-jitsu, you don't get paid shit usually, mm. especially if you're not a black belt. Mm-hmm. You don't get paid shit. Like you, you have to, you have to pay. Like every tournament that I've done, I'm not getting paid for that shit. Mm-hmm. I have to pay them, of course. And if someone wants to watch me, they have to pay. I'm All like, right. dude, what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm definitely excited about it. I'm gonna keep going. I'm so glad that you and Jay like hooked up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's great. Yeah. We got totally naked. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounded kind of gay. But uh, yeah, because Jay, Jay's a good dude. He's a great guy. Know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't seen him in a while, though, so I... Yeah, you know, he's doing his thing, trying to... He's got the... He has the, the archetype for, like, a jiu-jitsu body. He has, like, long arms, long legs. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he uh, That's what I realized him. on my very first, or the only class I went to. I was like, damn it, my legs are short. Um... A little tough to, I mean, it's like the limits of your body, You ha- it changes your game. It does. And I'm glad you said game because I was, I was going to say 
it's okay to have short arms. Yeah. Like, so I'm not tall. My right. arms aren't that long. Right. When I first started doing jujitsu as a white belt, I was like, I can't do a fucking triangle. Like, right. To save my life. Now I can. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's, you have to learn how to do it. Right. You know, and eventually you figure out your own game. Like, so my instructor, uh, Mauricio Alonso, mm-hmm. he has a jiu-jitsu body as well. Mm-hmm. Long arm, long legs. Mm-hmm. And I cannot, like, me and his games are like fucking light years apart. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he fosters you having your own game. Yeah. So, like, the way I do my things, like, he's never like, no, don't do it like that. Unless it's, like, totally wrong. You know what I mean? But he understands that, like, we don't have the same body type. Right. And so that that's why I really appreciate you uh, going there. Yeah, that was something I, I thought was cool is that it's um, it's a it's a sport that reflects your, um, like, mentality in life. Yeah. Like, the way that you approach things. I could tell. Um, just like chess, you know? I love chess, man. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so I like it a lot. I think I'm gonna have a lot of fun. I'm I'm trying to, you know, just be open and humble and and uh, and learn and 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 just you know. And the main thing is just getting fit, you know, um, getting healthy and getting involved in something. So, what? Yeah, jujitsu is really good for that because it's like you're trying to get fit, but it's also like kind of save your life because. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, like, on your first day, you're probably dying, right? Like, it's, like, everything is, like, so hard to do. Uh, yeah. Actually, Panda doesn't have, like, the ridiculous warm-ups. No. Um, but Mauricio used to. He used to have really fucking... Like, what kind of warm-ups? His warm-ups are... They were ridiculously hard. Like, when they when, when I first came, he used, to, he used to do what was called the Red Jungle. Okay. Dude, they were fucking rough. Especially when I was fat. <laughs> I was like, oh, my fucking God. Like, literally, you would do, like, so many fucking exercises. And, like, so you'd be... This is how like I knew. Calisthenics. Yeah, yeah, but this is how I knew like the red jungle was coming. Is when like usually we warm up, you would run like in a around the mats, and then as we were running, we had to start doing burpees. And I was like, "Fuck, what?" And you started doing burpees. Ooh. I'm like, "All right, this is gonna be a fucking bad day." Oh, be you know so what I mean? Fucked. So you end up doing like there's there's been days where I've done like 50 to 100 burpees. What? You know what I mean? And oh my God, like, he, he's thrown up. Yeah, I mean people have. Yeah. So I would have thrown up or I stopped. Th- I think he's he's gone away from that because uh, it's it's not as many students want to do it. Uh, basically, yeah. I mean it's it's good They're if you, pussies. If, well, if you if I'm you if you want to have a good competition team, it's great. Yeah, but uh, if you want to run a, a successful gym, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not great. Yeah, so. exactly. Because yeah, people are just so he does it with the hardcore people then. Uh, I don't know if he does anymore because mm-hmm. I when I come, it's kind of more laid back. Because usually when I'm there, it's uh, I come every other Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And I do one and a half classes because I get off at six, so mm-hmm. I get there at like six thirty, mm-hmm. and then I do uh, Tuesday at lunch, Friday at lunch, and then Saturday mm-hmm. at lunch. So you shower after? Uh, well, or you go home after? Yeah, I come home and then shower. Uh, Sometimes every now and again I'll shower there. Okay, but uh, like I, uh, if I have something to do, but if not, I, I come home and. Uh, what kind of soap do you use? Like normal soap? Yeah. You should get a. I use armbar soap. You're gonna want to use some antimicrobial oh, soap. Good point. Yeah, yeah. If you need geese, I got. You see some hanging up there. I have a bunch of geese. Well, you probably. Well, I'm not doing geese right now. Okay. I will. I'm gonna probably find another place to go to. Right for now, I just need to commit to going there at least twice a week. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so. Let me know when you go again, because I can change my schedule up to like I'm meet you there. I'm gonna go Mondays and Wednesdays, pretty much, or Mondays and Saturdays. Okay, so I definitely cannot go on Wednesdays because I have the podcast. Okay. But Mondays, uh, Mondays I, I can go, but I'll be a little bit late oh. when you're because I get off at six. 
I see. So, but uh, Saturdays, it's in the morning. I can go every other Saturday, basically. Okay. So. I could do that. Yeah. I'm totally down. Um, yeah, I'll let you know, and then uh, you could totally choke me out. You'll see. I, I've, I've got a strange style. You'll you'll see when we roll. I, so. uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'll be interested to see what my style ends up being like. Yeah. Um, you know, once I learn more. Um, I think I'm definitely going to be a weirdo, though. That's good. Just, like, keep, like, an open mind to, like, techniques. Sure. Oh, of course, yeah. You know? Just be, like, a sponge. I mean, technically and stuff, yeah, I just want to learn. Definitely, obviously, start with the basics, the foundations, um, and just get, just be really focused on having good habits. Um, yeah. Because I know, yeah. so when I first started, I could not do, like, the, uh, well, I, I could do, but, like, my full guard was total garbage <laughs> like from the get-go. And I was like, I, I'm not going to be able to use, like, full guard at all, so mm. I... I uh, I started using half guard, mm-hmm. and that's when that's like basically when I started my game was like just learning, just use half guard, mm. and so that's what really helped me out. And so you're probably gonna have like that epiphany moment too. And like mm-hmm. once you start first like remembering submissions, mm-hmm. and then once you start chaining submissions together, mm-hmm. that's when you're like getting to next level. That's when you're like blue belt territories when you start to like chain shit together. I think I wanna I'm gonna I might come from the Deadpool school of jujitsu. And just say really weird shit to people while I'm rolling with them. <laughs> See how they react, you know? Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Some guys will take it the wrong way. Well, I'm sure they They'll will. just choke you faster. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Deadpool's okay with it. People that I know, I'll say funny shit too sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So. But not, not, not strangers, though. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. That's cool, though, because, you know, uh, was it la- two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. I had a guy that I went to high school with. Mm-hmm. Um, he was two years, he graduated two years before me, but we're the same age. He's Asian, I'm black, so, uh-huh. you know, that's how it works. Um, he's a good dude. His name is uh, Paul Doe. Okay. And I had him on the last Jets cast, uh-huh. and we got to roll at a One World in Newark. Okay. And that and that was really cool to, like, roll with somebody that, you know, I didn't no, know really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was like, but we had, like, a similar background, you know, because mm-hmm. he started doing jiu-jitsu the same time I did, like, mm-hmm. in his, uh, you know, mid-30s, which mm-hmm. is not the ideal time to start mm. like when you're starting now that's like it's not ideal but yeah it, I but it's fun too yeah <laughs> yeah once you like the first time you roll with like a uh, a wrestler that's like in his 20s All right like you're like fuck <laughs> you know because I'm, I'm like almost 40 now yeah and so for me I, like do some stuff but you know uh, again though I, I roll with people that are in their 50s mm. and they're fucking beasts like there's this dude i know i call him Mr. he's mr robert mm-hmm and this guy, he will demolish young kids, <laughs> like seriously. And he's like, he's an old fucking Chinese guy. Nice, you know? but he's he's a, he's a killer. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those things. Also, that the humbling part is you just accept like your hand that you're playing with, right? Because it's like my legs aren't gonna get longer. I'm not gonna start at a younger age. Yeah, um, those are all things I just have to accept. You know, dude, did you watch the Anthony Bourdain episode when we went to the Bay Area? No. Watch it now that, that you've done jujitsu. Okay. It's going to be like the best show you've ever watched. <laughs> like just the, his opening monologue mm. is, you'll understand it now. Nice. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm juiced. I'm ready. I'm ready for this. It's been uh, long overdue. You're definitely part of the, the seed that was planted for it. Um, I'm glad. And yeah. you're doodling. I, I love your doodles. I'm going to take a picture of this one too <laughs> and just put it out there. Should I draw a dick? <laughs> if you want to. I don't give a fuck. It's going to go on Instagram. <laughs> I'll get people's attention. Um, what else? What else? Um, 
So how is uh you've been doing a lot of like different kinds. We never talk about like what you do for a living, uh, what you do for a living, like what you're actually doing now. Mm. Uh, you're a director. Mm. What are you working on right now? I've been uh, right now. I'm working on a couple short films. I'm uh, I've been doing a bunch of commercial work. I guess I don't talk about it because it's just corporate horror work, you know. Um, it's interesting to listeners though. Like most of the listeners are probably not directors, right? So yeah, I mean, I've been producing uh, commercials. I did one for Kia. I did. Um, we did a couple for Sam's Club. Wasn't that one on the Bay Bridge, the one for Kia? Yeah, we shot on the Bay Bridge, shut it down. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I guess I just don't... I'm. You know, what I'm interested in is I'm doing these short films. I have one. It's, uh, it's going to be like a remake of Stand By Me. <laughs> yeah. But it's like set in Oakland. So it's like these kids um, find a dead body in a lot and then they take the gun. Or the dead body's like holding a gun, <laughs> and um, and they kind of go on this summer adventure. Um, I don't know. I just uh, you know, I my art has been more centered around capturing a youthful energy. Um, I just saw these skater kids in San Francisco. I got their info because I was like, oh, I I could I could see them. I've been collecting like youth, like between twenty one and twenty four, like trophies. <laughs> exactly they're all in my in my uh the mantle of so my so that's where the finger is on your necklace right from. exactly all right, they're all they're all over 18 though. <laughs> <laughs> um but no i've been collecting interesting characters that i think i'm so i'm putting together like this roster of of young characters that might be able to be in a movie together nice. um so it's been really fun actually doing that um <clears throat> i i'm taking steps towards opening a talent agency wow really yeah nice so i think i'm gonna focus on uh real people and interesting people fuck them cylons i'm just saying yeah and uh and uh influencers and people who are doing interesting stuff um uh i don't know i got a lot of stuff that i'm cooking up right now um Mm, yeah, I don't know. That's good, man. I mean, there's like a lot of, especially here in in the Bay. Mm-hmm. There's so much like te- there's like a lot of raw shit going yeah, on around here. It is that is not it's a melting pot of rawness right now. It's definitely got that. People make comparisons to Brooklyn often, and I think it's pretty fair, you know, because there's a lot of artistic energy. There's a lot of new voices. There's a yeah. lot of I don't give a fuck, you know, kind of energy going on, and, and that's always good for art. Um, there's a lot more filmmakers coming out from here now because you know you got obviously Ryan Coogler and then and then Sorry to Bother You and then I saw that movie Blind uh, Spotting I think like last month I yeah. watched it at the New Parkway Theater. Oh, nice. Did you like it? I fucking well, I loved it was it. it was fucking crazy. Yeah. Because like I got to a point where I was like, well, what the fuck is going on? When he discovers the thing yeah. in the place, <laughs> I was like, wow, this movie just went to a place I never fucking imagined. Yeah. Like. They went way beyond satire, like the comedic whatever voices and shit. Like they went into, oh, this is fucked up world. Yeah, like it was beautiful. Um, and I, I like that because especially in this day and age where like they basically give up the entire premise in a fucking trailer. They managed to hide it completely. I had no idea it was gonna happen. Yeah, it's a total mind fuck. We're not gonna spoil it for you guys. You gotta watch it though because it's definitely a mind fuck. Um, Blind spotting. I wasn't as big a fan. Yeah, too, I I didn't think I was going to be. It's cool that it was shot in Oakland. 
Um, there were some really interesting parts to it. But anyways, yeah, Oakland and the Bay Area in general is definitely a beautiful place for art. And so I, I want to make a movie here, and that's why I'm trying to focus on, like, young people that are really, like, of the culture now. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm fucking old fart now, so I'm not. When I was in high school, I was of the culture because I was bumping all that music to fucking, you know, from Too Short to obscure fucking deep east oakland rappers like black dynasty and random <laughs> shit like that you wow. know yeah um, remember rbl yeah rbl <laughs> yeah and uh so this is like uh you know I, I think it's a really cool interesting time and so i'm just trying to trying to capture that a little bit um you know yeah. what? it's really hard to capture like the essence of oakland or yeah, that's just the, of the bay it really is because there's it's so many different weird, cultures yeah it's such a melting yeah. pot that the vibe there's almost no one vibe that can really say it for everybody because people from San Jose are so different from people from Oakland. Yeah. People from Frisco are so different from Oakland. People from fucking Marin are pe- different from people from Oakland, and they're all yeah. from the Bay. So it is it is hard. So I think I'm trying to focus on kind of like, you know, I guess the minority prospect. Most of the people that I met that I, that I wanted to – that I put together so far, they're all black. Um one of them is half half Japanese, half black. Huh. Another one's like black and ease. Black and ease. <laughs> he, him, I met in Texas though. When from my commercial that oh, I was shooting, yeah. he was our waiter. He was really interesting. Hmm. By the way, I've gotten really good at asking for phone numbers from twenty two year old boys and girls. <laughs> Definitely weird. You know what I do is I just get their email. I swear it's not porn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it's not for nefarious purposes. Yeah. Um, no, but it's really cool because they're all super open and they're definitely like. Gaping, are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> On all fours. Um, I think it's... it's. But when I look at movies like Kids and Requiem for a Dream... Oh, that movie's and, fucked up. You know, where you, there's, you got like a certain age group. It's like... Yeah, it's always a filmmaker that's a little bit removed from that because they have to have the perspective to be able to tell the story, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you have to be really authentic and just get in it and let them tell the story so but speaking of porn i'm also eventually gonna start a porn company this is after i have pretty good money but um <laughs> it's called the good that's how you get pretty good money you need that's an investment though money. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, maybe you could start small but um it's called good porn company all right it's uh no it's trademarked by somebody else but all right is it well now it's gonna be oh shit. <laughs> I, need to trademark it. I got the i got the url though all right but uh it's good porn uh it's Totally consensual and totally sensual. <laughs> Look, he's got catchphrases already. Uh, exactly. That's fucking great. It's consensual, consensual. Uh, it's um, I'm doing yeah, I'm doing kind of doing a lot of random stuff. I realized I I, I need to diversify my diversify my income streams, and uh, so if I want to, you got to diversify your bonds. I'm not gonna say <laughs> the N word, but you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> no. Wu Tang Financial. Oh no. You you never saw the the Chappelle Show skit? No. You gotta diversify your bonds. And I'm not gonna say the rest, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, that's what I'm trying to do though. So yeah, interesting. I think in five years I'm gonna have a really interesting life. Our podcasts are gonna be fucking gnarly. Yeah, well they're already I feel like uh doing podcasts with you I have people that I know that I already know that are gonna be fucking super famous, <laughs> like you know, in the future. All right. And it's like really interesting to, for to me. To like get to know you guys now to before be you fucking journey. blow up. Yeah, I just I know that this podcast is gonna come back and haunt me someday because I'm just so honest, you know. 
What? And that's why I'm just establishing the identity of fuck you, pay me. Yeah. Keep, I don't need honest, to be yeah. liked. Um, fuck it. I just realized I can't be that, like, you know, famous. I'm a pretty good guy, you know. I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty positive, And I'm trying to help the world in a positive way, you know. Yeah. Um, that being said, I'm a fucking pervert and a degenerate and <laughs> a fucking weirdo. And I have a dark sense of humor and all that stuff. And... You know, with the social media climate and all that stuff, it's a really tough um, environment to be authentic, to be honest, especially if you're a weirdo. And so, like, for instance, me doing, like, a Marvel movie probably won't ever happen because I'll have a porn company. And Disney's not going to be down with that. Well, Disney now. But, you know, Disney's, they're fucking never know. Man, Everybody's a whore. Even Disney has like a fucking fucked up past. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at like old Disney movies that they've edited out, but they've had like super, super racist shit mm-hmm. in their movies before. And they, they now they want to pretend like it didn't happen and they want to fire people like James Gunn. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, he told some bad jokes. Yeah, but you guys made fucked up fucking movies. And you yeah, fucked up characters true. and shit like that. You and, just had one too many jokes. pedophile jokes. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the moral court, he's clearly been absolved. Like, clearly, he's not that guy. And yeah, um, just the outpouring of support from from a bunch of people that in an industry where they normally will run immediately. Yeah, like you have to feel really fucking strongly about somebody to to vocally support somebody that makes pedophile jokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's got to be a really fucking genuinely good guy. For you to defend him in that way, you know, in that industry. I mean, he's not like Brian Singer that had exactly. You know, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, and yeah. nobody's fucking coming to. No, not Jennifer Lawrence isn't being like, oh, Brian Singer deserves another shot, you yeah. know. Um. So, that being said, we do live in an environment where you know it's political pressure, and so I feel like I've had to accept the fact that me going mainstream is probably not going to happen. I think it'll happen. I think it could happen in a way that I have to let it happen, but being like a James Gunn, like, I'd rather that I made the pedophile jokes ahead of time and just said, fuck it, and let the chips fall. You know, I don't want it to be like, oh, I'm a goody-goody, and oh, what happened in the past, you know? So, so we'll, well see what happens. I would hope eventually in the future people would realize that um, who you are today is not who you were in the past. That is also true. I think we will mature a little bit. Yeah. I think there will be a stabilization of this outrage culture because people are going to get really tired of it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, because everybody, everybody has something you did that was fucked up in the past. Everybody right. does. Right. If you say you don't, you did. Right. And you're bullshitting. Yeah. So many people have things they're ashamed of that they can't talk about in public because they would lose, like their public lives you know um or ability to get a job and stuff so i think yeah i agree i think i just i want to stay authentic and i want to be like you know it's better to be larry flint you know or hugh hefner off the bat than be like um you know like a harvey weinstein where you're pretending to be this upstanding citizen when, yeah. you're, when you're actually a fucking monster. Yeah, I mean, if you you're a piece of mean? shit, let people know you're a piece of shit. Right, because then, you know, you might get criticism, but your career takes a different trajectory and it's harder to take you down because you're getting, you're becoming famous and getting paid for doing something that they already know what's going on, you know? Yeah. Not yeah. like a shock, you know? Yeah, the whole, the Harvey Weinstein thing was like, first of all, it was fucked up, but... Mm-hmm. I think I said it before, but there was a lot of people that did that, and they had no problem doing it. 
<laughs> they didn't. Well, yeah, there's those two, but there's also the ones that are traumatized. I mean, regardless, yeah. he was a monster, but he was a monster. You know, um, but that, that's the part that never is. gets brought up. You know, that is true. And and I think uh, there was even that woman who were her cases getting thrown because she said he he raped her. But then like they found all this proof where she kept texting him, being like, "Oh, I miss you. I love you." And <laughs> she texted somebody that like. It was she fucked him for the the pot the opportunity. Yeah. So she went in with open eyes and she just didn't get the opportunity she wanted. But you know we're talking about like a small percentage of versus the ones that actually yeah. it's fucked up are suffering. You know? Yeah. Um, that being said, porn company, good porn co. Um, so what's gonna be your like your your thing? I'm gonna do some artistic stuff. Um, I think the main thing is actually it's a lot of the porn that you could see now, but it's just all is consensual. Like it's it's the actors that are. Isn't porn normally consensual? Oh, I help? think a lot of girls stress. get pressured to get choked by ten cocks that don't oh, actually want to oh. get choked by ten cocks. You know what I mean? Or like choked until they start crying and shit like that. <laughs> you know, it's like some of them are probably okay with it. I'm assuming, but a bunch of them are like probably not. You know. So have you been to uh, kink.com, like their headquarters? In... No, in San Francisco? Yeah. Is it cool? Because can't you watch stuff? Uh, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and k went there <laughs> a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Aren't they closed? Uh, well, now they are because they're uh-huh. making... Now it's a it's a historical landmark because mm. it's basically it's the, armor, the armory. The armory, yeah. And they're going to stop doing porn there, which mm. is fucked up because... But I mean, I understand because it's a huge venue. Right. And it was just like it was weird seeing, like where all this porn is filmed, yeah. and when like yeah, like literally like as we we're giving the tour, uh, there was like this gay scene that literally just happened before we walked in the room, <laughs> and so they're still kind of like the room is still warm, <laughs> and as we're walking in, like this warm woman with the sex, yeah, this woman was like taking like the photos, and she's like, oh check this out, this is what they just filmed, and it's like. First thing I see is like this dude pinned up against the wall getting fucked by another dude. And I was just like, all right. Like, I'm not against that, but I just don't want to see it. You know what I mean? It's a visceral reaction for a straight man. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I have no problem with dudes fucking dudes. Right. Me neither. But I do have a reaction seeing it. Yeah, yeah. You can't help it. But then I was like, damn, he's got me against the wall. I was like, what the fuck? That guy's got to be strong as fuck. (laughs) 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 Just saying. That's funny. Um, what else? What what else am I doing? That's pretty much it for now. Um, yeah, porn company, so, porn agency. How is married life? We talked about it before. Married it's life is great. Um, yeah. I I really enjoy it. I think uh, we have a lot of fun. So I think it, it definitely depends. You know, it's been like a year and a half. That's forever, bro. It's pretty kidding. long yeah. <laughs> for some people. For some people, yeah. Not very long on the actual timeline. Um, married life is great. I don't, yeah, I have nothing against married life. Um, I also have nothing against still being single. Yeah. Um, or being in a relationship and not married. And uh, And I think it really depends on what your situation is. And, you know, what I did learn is that truly, like, Everybody, when it comes to relationships, everybody gives advice to each other, like, the most common sense advice they could give. But in the end, like, nine times out of ten, like, each relationship is so different that they really have to find their own way. Yeah. And they have to choose their way. And so, um, for us, like, we just have a lot of fun and we kind of, like, 
support each other and so it's been pretty amazing i um i don't i'm i have to i'm slow rolling my porn company because i got to figure out how to break that to her oh she doesn't know yet well i mentioned to her to her before she actually said she thinks i would make a great porn company <laughs> all right she's like you'd be so respectful That's of the girls i'm like yes she probably doesn't think i'm gonna bang them though well you shouldn't you know? do that well unless i get permission from her yes good luck yeah she's not gonna do it yeah <laughs> so i'm trying to figure that part out like yeah. in what scenario you should not try to figure it out you should just assume that's a definite no <laughs> yeah. well dude i always wanted to have five wives oh well. so i'm into procreating with multiple partners i'm totally down with her being like the queen bee you know like she could fucking she's the one that that has the run of the the, the place. You I know? feel like I should have put in like the screeching tires, <laughs> like right before this part of the conversation. <laughs> I might just. This do is the that. true test on oh if she God, listens dude. to this podcast. Yeah. Or not. I've said this like three or four times now. She's either really good at um, playing dumb, or she just really doesn't care and doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> but no, I'm Holy trying shit. to figure this out. I think you know because I've always wanted to have at least five wives before I met her. Um, one part of the reason why I married her is I thought maybe she could be one of them, you know, like the first one. One of them. Yeah. Right. But once we started getting into it and she was in it to win it, I realized this girl ain't fucking giving me up to some other hoe for, not that she's a hoe, but some, <laughs> she's going to call that other girl a hoe is what I'm saying. I honestly you cannot know? tell if Bunny Man <laughs> is just bullshitting me or if he's fucking serious right now. <laughs> I'm actually dead serious. So he might be dead on the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll so, just be black. <laughs> on the next episode, like R.I.P. Bunny Man. Yeah. Uh, is, is hold on. Yeah. Isn't your wife? Is she Russian? Yeah, it's a very. I realize I put myself in a very dangerous. So you're probably definitely gonna fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's. You know it's funny you say that. This is actually some serious shit that I grapple with periodically. I'm like, is she gonna murder me? Have you met her, her whole family yet? Yeah, they really love me, but I mean, you know, they're, she's particularly psycho. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I love her. I think it's so cute, but she's like pretty psychotic. So, um, but so am I, you know, but I think we're both psychotic in a cute sense, like not actually like murdering people, but <laughs> she actually scares me a little bit. She might actually kill me. So I'm, it's a very touchy situation. I'm trying to figure out figure out what to do about it and also and and all jokes aside i really love her and i'm having a great time with her and the what, last thing i would want to do is hurt her what you just said was so funny yeah. what year were you born 82 okay so we're not that far no apart. we're not but what you just said was like something i would expect like a much younger man to say <laughs> like what the fuck dude much dumb, a dumber younger <laughs> she man she might kill you but you know yeah, yeah. whatever fuck it well i'm definitely <laughs> playing a strange game with that because um she loves the shit out of me and i think the only reason why she would kill me is if I did start to have. If you have five wives, exactly. I wouldn't get to number five. I would. I think you get to like half. I wouldn't even. Yeah, I wouldn't even. <laughs> get there, dude. Trust me, it would be all bad. So, um, just try a midget, dude. <laughs> I'm I, sorry, little person. Little if I pissed person. off anybody, uh, whatever. All right, Gidget the midget. Um, Honestly, if you want to be called a midget or a little person, either it's way, up to you. which are ways less offensive. Right. I didn't mean to offend right. anybody. Um, because there's there's a little. Hold on. Yeah, this little person. That is on uh, 
suicide girls. Uh-huh. I think her name is Gemma. What? She is the fucking hottest She's, little person mm-hmm. of all fucking time. Hold on. Let me, let me pull my phone. <laughs> this is like totally derailing this fucking conversation. It's okay. Hold on. I think it's Gemma. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is a... Uh, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> Yeah. What her. the hell? Yeah, yeah. She's like the hottest little person of all fucking fuck. time, dude. So if you're single, you would definitely tap that. Oh, fucking in a fucking heartbeat. Me too. Yeah, in a heartbeat. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you'd have to. Her face <laughs> is so adorable. No, that's not her. But yeah. That's beautiful. For real. Fuck. Anyway, you were saying. Okay, so back to the five wives. Um, I've always wanted to have five <laughs> wives. Um... Incidentally, to test the waters, I did bring this up with my wife when we're having dinner with a bunch of friends who've already heard my five wives thing before. (laughs) And so I brought it up casually, and and her response, which was actually really interesting, was not no or are you crazy or I'll kill you, but her response was, did you realize that you have to give each wife the same quality of life? Mm. And I was like, I'm willing to do that. I get that that's part of the deal. You have the resource. You got to be like a sultan or some shit, man. I know. So I honestly don't know what it would take for this scenario to happen. Um, for now, you know, like I said, I'm having so much fun with her and I love her and uh, and I don't want to hurt her, you know, because it's like you said, you don't want to do it. You, I don't, I don't want to be the guy that goes down this road of regret. By doing a bunch of shit the wrong way. Yeah. So the fact that I'm a degenerate is okay as long as I'm... I mean, I think the real situation is either she cosigns or I give it up or I have to run to Thailand and (laughs) get my second wife and then inform my first wife via wire of what's going on. Because I got to be like... Out the country, yeah. For that, well, she'll find you. That's closer to Russia. I'm just <laughs> saying, you didn't know that, but now you do. Uh, <laughs> I guess everything is closer to Russia. From here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, well, I don't know. I like the. It's a puzzle. It's an existential puzzle. I'm trying to solve. If any anybody has any advice on how I can get to five wives, you can. You should be happy with. You, you need to figure out the way to be happy with one. I, think I am that, happy with one, which then, is why I'm not. But my appetite is so big. Um, you need to do like I guess free gear shit then, you know. So maybe, but it's not just the sex thing. I it's not. It really isn't. It's like the majority of the motivation is actually that like I really enjoy females and the perspective, the different perspectives that they give me. So, but if that perspective is from a grave, it's not yeah worth it. So, so one of the things that I try not to do is I try not to be cruel. Okay. Right, and so Except I for guess when you're choking them. Well, that's different. <laughs> Joking. That's different. I try not to be cruel, especially to uh, to my significant other. Of course. And when I say not to be cruel, I I have to put all of their feelings in perspective, which was sure. difficult for me to do for a long time. Right. I wasn't cruel even to my ex wife, but mm-hmm. there are things that might have been might have seemed cruel to her. That were not cruel to me. Even if she said, even she, even if she gave me the okay to do like whatever, mm-hmm. it still might have been cruel in her eyes. And so now for me, is I have to think about uh, what would she think about this? And even if she said it's okay, how does she really feel? Right. 
And that that's a mm, big problem. Very deep. Yeah, that's a good point because men aren't taught to do that. Yeah, yeah. It goes back to all that stuff. Um, yeah, and I know that issue wouldn't be happy. That's why I haven't. Also, let's be real. I don't have the money for that shit right now. Yeah. So this is like later on shit. But I, I am thinking about it. So I think. Yeah, I don't know. But the longer that we're married, obviously the less that she's going to be down with that. If if I was mm. going to get her to be down, I should have figured it out within the first six months. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yep. Well, and, and I'll be real. Listen, if uh, I, I just put down some semi-metaphysical shit, but yeah. like if I could fuck a bunch of chicks at once, I mean, that'd be great. Right. But uh, honestly, I'm, it's, that shit gets too complicated for me. You know what I mean? Like. <sighs> Keep it because people have different needs. But this know? is some deep rooted shit because I've always wanted a scenario like this, and I found a fucking VHS tape from third grade that I had made with my friend, mm-hmm. and it was a VHS cover where I drew the cover. It was like a fake box that I made. Was it Trophy Kids? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was called Masters of the Furious Fist. <laughs> okay, wow. it was a kung fu movie. It was that, me and that my. Sounds like a kid's thing. It was yeah. me and my boy Julio. Oh no, I was probably in sixth grade actually. Anyway, so on the back of it, we have these bios, and from my bio, I wrote something about having a great life and like, um, what did I say? Something about like having a ton of girlfriends or something like that. Yeah. So I've always, because the thing is, I never went through that phase where I thought girls were gross. I always liked them, so I think that affected me. I always liked them too, but I was never, I never been in a spot to really be able to have. Well, except for once. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna talk about that right now, though. <laughs> but like to really enjoy like more than one, one woman at a time, right? Because for me, like. I've always been kind of awkward around women up until like a certain point, mm-hmm. and I never want to like fuck it up, right? You know, so sure. to me, like, you know, bringing in somebody else would would have just fucked it up, and so for me, it just wasn't a possibility for like the the longest time. And also, like I said, it's like bringing somebody else's feelings into it. You know, if somebody was like, no, there there'd be like no way I'd be interested in having like any sort of like other person in this situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just feel like, well, that's out of the window, you know. Right. So it's not even a possibility. Yeah, I mean, um, the thing is, I I was mostly monogamous, and then the last girl I was in love with before my wife, uh, she really broke my heart, and so I went on a super single, like, heartbroken type transformation rampage, you know, where I was just dating a bunch of girls. But you know what? It made me feel really empty inside, and it really didn't feel good. So that's because you were your nut was all gone. That's that's (laughs) what the balls and all the energy out. (laughs) Um, Well, no, but also because you know the truth is that you make these surface level connections with people, and you do it over and over, and you actually you're never investing yourself, you're never revealing yourself, you're never really being yourself. You're really just doing. You're showing like the first date version of yourself over and over again and and you're terrified because you don't think anybody and most people can't accept each other actually for who they really are you know and so you know when you finally meet somebody that really just lets you be you and you are okay with them how they are like that's when you got to hold on and that's what i have right now and so i think you know that being said honey if you're listening the real truth i think why it's all a pipe dream right now is that uh 
when I look at other girls, no matter how sexy they are or how cute or how interesting, I always come back to realizing, like, none of them are actually going to accept me for who I am, probably. And also, they're not exactly who I really want to spend my time with after yeah. a certain point, you know? Yeah. Like, nobody's actually as funny or interesting to me as my girl, so... That's awesome. You know? So, yeah. So, that's what I'm saying. So, it's all... It's been great. So, if she hears this, um, I know you're concerned. You're probably <laughs> plotting my death right now as a backup plan. Just hold off. Hold off until we're, like, 60. All right. 70, maybe. time is up. All right. 70 might be the safe zone where I'll stop with those fantasies. Well, see, for me, I've never had my, uh, <laughs> I never had hoeing years. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've never, like uh, this is. I'll be totally honest with you. I definitely had some hoeing years. Yeah, I, I've only had uh, four partners in my entire life. Nice. And I'm fucking. I'll be forty next year. And I, for most people, especially in this day, it's just fucking weird as shit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I almost did the hoeing years. Yeah. Uh, when I turned well, when I came back to America in like 2010. But then I met the girl I'm with now, and I'm just like, well, that's it. You know, I'm like, I'm not interested yeah, yeah. in like, if I find one person that I'm I'm good with, like, I don't see a need to like find somebody else. You I agree. I, mean? I think that's something people vastly underestimate in this generation, especially, is that the need to know when you have a hand that you should stay on. Because yeah. what I realize is that when you die, right, you're gonna look back on all the girls you met. And one of those girls, by default, is going to be the best that you could have had. Yeah. Because your life is over. There's no more around the next corner. So the question is, like, if you meet that girl, can you recognize that is the best hand when you got it? And don't fuck it up by, like, holding out for something else that's never going to come. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the, that's the tricky part. But if you can do it, then you can be much happier, you know? I feel um, like most... I'm just a degenerate, though, so my, <laughs> my dick has an extra large brain. I feel like most people today are like that. Uh, what is that? I forget what character it is, but it's on like some old cartoon where it's like, I, I would gladly pay you tomorrow for a hamburger today. <laughs> and that's basically what most young people are like mm, right now. Right. And it's because you have Tinder and you have all that shit where you just like, you right. fuck anybody. And blah, blah. Right. I'm just like, I'm not looking. I mean, like fucking is fun. It's a lot of fun. Don't right. get me wrong. But I really need like I want to cuddle and shit. Right. You know what I mean? I need to have like meaningful conversations. Right. I, I need some kind of connection there. It's I just huge. I, yeah, I don't want to just fuck to fuck. Even though I mean it's fun, but it really isn't like that fun for that long. I think um well for some people it is, but most people it isn't. I yeah. think um also the part I realize is that's really beautiful about being with one person is that you actually get to see them grow and mature and change as a person. Yeah, and you get to grow too. Yeah, yeah and you get to grow. So it's a really beautiful thing to see somebody like become better, become a stronger person, you know, and uh, so I, I love all that stuff. I think, um, yeah, shout out to all the beautiful wives out there and beautiful girlfriends and partners and all that stuff. Um, don't listen to me. I'm just a degenerate. My fucking uh, <laughs> well, you can, love I mean, woman. You're married, though. So, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm actually at, a, uh, I guess, a more degenerate level than you. I mean, I'm not, I've been... With the same woman for well, degenerate in the sense of being willing to stick your dick in almost anything. Well, know? yeah, but I mean, I, I haven't. I mean, I, I'm not getting married again. Right. And, oh yeah. And you're my girlfriend fine. knows that. Yeah. So that, you might change your mind someday. Uh, that's what everybody says. So, but it would be so late that it wouldn't matter anymore either. I will say it. You know, I don't know if I said it on the podcast before, but there is 
uh, a couple of certain scenarios where it would make sense for you. I would do it, but yeah. it, it'd be like super extreme and it'd right. be like super fucking sad. All right, I see. So, okay. So we don't have to go there. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but it, it, yeah, it would take, and it's only with, with just her. Right. Like right, it wouldn't right, be right. with somebody else. Like if it was anybody else, like, I'm not getting it. fucking married. Of course. Yeah. I get that. Um, so when I was hoeing, man, I was hoeing, dude. I didn't give a fuck. I remember I made out with this girl once. She looked like her body. She, not that I'm body shaming her because I wasn't judging her clearly because I was making out with her. <laughs> <laughs> it's more comedic because you picture like this short Asian guy and this girl that's like probably six foot something. She. Oh shit, Amazon to you then, right? Her body was like literally like Big Hero 6, the robot. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Wow, she's like a box, or like uh, not like, even a box. That's uh, like, like a yeah. big punching bag thing. Nice. Those pop up dolls. Yes. The, the, she, I could have. She was so big. She had so much mass. I could have jumped into her body and worn it like a fucking <laughs> Iron Man suit. Holy shit! And uh, the part that really got me though, where I was like, "Wow, I I really need to stop hoeing and maybe change my standards a little." We went. We met up for lunch. We're sitting down on a bench after, her, and I look at her, and she smiles, and she's got all kinds of old food in her teeth. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, it's okay to be big, but if you have like bad personal oh, hygiene, bad hygiene. Yeah, this, this that's a girl no-go. did not. I was like, "Do you brush your teeth, or do you just rinse?" Because yeah. this is gnarly, and I still went in for it. Oh wow! <laughs> Jesus still Christ! Out there. Like, I was good. Right. <laughs> oh, thanks for the little cornbread. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it was pretty gnarly. Definitely afterwards, I was like, "Yeah, I'm definitely a degenerate because that's some fucking." It's pretty gnarly. It's definitely not something you would do in front of your friends. Um, that's how you know when you were the if you're with if you cannot show your girl to your friends, <laughs> you know you fucked up. Yeah, exactly. And you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> That yeah, that's all bad. I remember uh, there was one time I was in uh, I was in Tijuana. Yeah, and this is uh, this is a long time. This back when I was in the Marine Corps. Yeah, and there was this chick that was hitting on me hard, and we were making out, and uh-huh. she would like she could speak some English, but she she wanted me to take her back to America, and I was just like, <laughs> they all do this ain't happening, right. and she wasn't like you know she wasn't the greatest looking chick right. either. Not so. enough for you to take home. You knew she has to be like. Sophia Viraga or some shit like yeah. that. Yeah. For the time, like I was still a virgin. I was like, right. I was looking for the the you know the mm-hmm. one. And I was like, she definitely was not the one. You're such a romantic. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. You are. I'm uh I'm jaded at this point you're, in my life. <laughs> you're not a romantic with it on your sleeve. Is you just have a foundation of romanticism. I I try. Yeah, yeah. That's good. So do I. It got beat out of me by after all the heartbreaks, you know, but the food and teeth and shit like that. I think you yeah. you flossed her. That, that's, uh, <laughs> all right, that, that happened. <laughs> that was gnarly. That was yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah. So then you didn't. What did you? What happened? I left the club. Mm. <laughs> I was just like, it's time smart for me to man, go. Yeah, I've, I've had a bunch of like near misses uh, with shit like that. Where like I could have made the totally wrong move, but something happened. Where like like literally, I was like making out with this chick in a in a hot tub. Mm. And we were about to start fucking, and then like, somebody called us, and I was like, "Fucking thank God!" <laughs> like I was like, "Dude, <laughs> I have a lot of respect for you, my friend." Yeah. I um. Also, the great thing about meeting my my wife is that you know I'm 
I'm lucky that I met her because she is the greatest partner that I've ever had by far. Just how supportive she is and how much she believes in me and, and tries to help me and stuff. Um, and thankfully I met her because I am the type of guy that would marry a hooker. Wow. All right. You know? Like, I like broken people. It's a uh, gallantry right there. there yeah, you go. yeah. I actually <laughs> learned about it. So it's psychological syndrome. It's white knight syndrome. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to fix people, trying to save them. It's usually when you have a broken house that you came from yeah. or things like that. And so, you, you know, you want to be that guy. So I think, you know, I have an attraction to that world. Um, so thankfully, you know, my lady is not anything like that. She's not a hooker? She's... <laughs> She's just completely psycho. That's all. <laughs> she's she's psycho. So did, has she cut you yet, or what's no, going no, on? no? She's not like that. She's not. She's not physically violent. She's not. Um, she's not even really moody or anything. She doesn't. But she's a psycho. Yeah. Like, how do I explain this? Like, her. When we talk about dark sense of humor, her imagination is dark. Oh, like, right. you know, she regularly. When we drive by and we see nice houses, she's just thinking that she, she would it'd be nice to murder the family and take the house and live in it. That's reasonable. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I think it's cute, you know. <laughs> Until it gets turned on you. And then, so tell me the first time when you kill a family and take over the house. <laughs> I think it's only weird if you wear their skin, right? <laughs> so if you do that, that's yeah, yeah. Then weird. you're yeah. crossing a line. Taking the house is totally reasonable. Yeah, that's reasonable. Um, no, but she's super sweet. I mean, she's definitely like the type that. She channels all of that energy into her career and the positive stuff. What does she do for a living? She's a fashion designer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, you said that before. Yeah. Um, but marriage life is great. I think... Uh, I think skin wearing is a new thing. It's coming yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, someday it might be. It might be. Yeah. You know, everything we could possibly imagine is going to happen, like the robots doing That's everything better than it's us. It's coming now, yeah. Yeah, it's coming now. I feel like people just like totally like Fucking ignore it. A, like, I, I don't know if you saw like... Oh, Jesus. You, you commented on like one of my threads about right. it, and like somebody was like basically how he was kind of denying that it's going to take over. Like, oh no, it was universal basic income. Did you read my thread on that? No. Like I was saying how like universal basic income. We have to start talking about it now because like we're we're here. Like we're at the precipice of automation's already taking over, and people just want to ignore it. It's and- going to come crashing hard and fast, and people aren't going to see it and a lot of people are going to be displaced and that's where there's going to be opportunity for um mini apocalyptic type shit yes you know? social breakdown i think people don't they don't they're still stuck on it's a government handout no and i'm like i would rather not get fucking murdered yeah you know what i mean there's so, gonna be a lot of casualties between now and then because also just by human nature and through history and statistics like the more Income disparity, more poverty, more financial hardship, the more violent people are. Yeah. And so that's what leads to revolutions, all that type of stuff, and and just general crime, you know? So I think we should start a collective where we, if the shit goes down, we have a plan, you know? I totally agree. And I'm I'm like, I'm super in the middle. Mm -hmm. And like, people that are on the left think I'm on the right. People on the right think I'm on the left. But I'm like, dude. Yeah, same with me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, these are like serious problems that if you do not see it as a problem, then Then you're stupid. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. They want to discard it as if it's like conspiracy talk, but it's not. It's just common sense. Like, do you want to be in your house by yourself on a block while the shit's going down? Yeah. No. Because then you're just going to be victim like everybody else. Yeah. 
you know, my dude, my friend has this boy. His dad got really rich off gas stations. Mm-hmm. They have a giant hill in San Jose with like acres of land around it and ATVs and a shooting range nice. and also like they're prepared for the apocalypse. Like yeah. they could defend themselves at least. Yeah. Although I think in a long enough timeline, nobody's really safe. You know, unless you have a community. You know, you can't just be one person in a house. Like eventually. A band I, of people will I come and find I'm you. Just, just saying. <laughs> well, not, not right now. I, I don't have enough. Not weapons. in this house. Yeah, if it's hand to hand only, I, I'll, I'd stand a d- okay chance one on one. Yeah, you know. but I'm saying like if fucking a band of merry marauders come to your house. Yeah, yeah. What can you do? So we should make a plan. I, we actually did that with uh, my our empty kingdom. We had a EK survival Facebook. Mm-hmm. So it's basically our plan is that when the shit goes down, we go to the docks and steal a bunch of boats. Okay. And then... Uh, Can any of you fish? Well, there's some skills we have to acquire <laughs> for this plan to work. I have some very rudimentary yeah. fishing skills. But you got... You know, it would be pretty safe for the initial... It also depends on what type of apocalypse, right? So yeah, let's say yeah. it's like nuclear or chemical or, or, or dirty bomb or something where you got to get out the area. The water is the fastest, best way to get out because otherwise every freeway and road is totally fucked. You can't just go into the mountains. That's totally fucked. Yeah. Really, the water is the only place to go. Long term, there's gonna you got to be prepared. That's the thing. Yeah. You yeah. have to like basically. You could go to Hawaii. Put a lot of stuff on there. Well, hopefully Hawaii is not fucked too. But yeah, I got I got you. It's a good plan. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we should figure that out. I, I I've had, I've had plans. You know. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, it's marine mentality mm. and shit like that. Yeah. yeah, that's what I like. Are we going to wrap this up? Because I got to use the bathroom okay. really bad. Even though I want to talk about more stuff, but I got to fucking... Okay, last... last. Uh, how's your life going? My life is going good. Uh, doing the the shed thing has been like one of the coolest things I've ever done. Uh, nice. Seeing my youngest daughter grow up into mm. like a little person has mm-hmm. been awesome. We can like... She, she talk talks now. I mean, she... We would sign back and forth before, but now she's like talking and she like knows way more words. So now I have to like curse vastly less around here because she repeats things all the time. Yeah. You know? Cool, man. Like, this is so I usually when I, I give her a bath on Fridays, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, she gets baths more than just once a week, all right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. With me, it's like on Fridays. So it's just me and her on Thursday and Friday. And uh, I'm taking her to the bath and she's like naked. And like every time we go to the bath, I'd be like, naked baby. And we look in the mirror and be like, look, naked baby. And so, like, like two weeks ago, I picked her up and she's like, "Thank you, baby." <laughs> <Just like, laughs> oh my god! Like, holy shit! That's so, funny. Yeah. So she's like, she, they learn so fast. It's incredible. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, it's been great. We'll definitely catch up again early in the new year. Yeah. In the meantime, let me know when the shed's ready. I will let you know. We're gonna do like a. I mean, when the infinity base, base 3.0 like party. Let's do it. So I have like a one of the rarest beers probably right now. In the fridge right now, that's gonna get opened up uh, at that time. At that time, and awesome. it's you probably only get like a shot because people are gonna come over. For now, you could take a picture. I drew a dick with arms and legs. <laughs> Holy shit, you really did! <laughs> God damn! Yeah. yeah, that's gonna be a good picture. He's celebrating as he jizzes on a robot. <laughs> All right, buddy man, enjoy okay. the new year. If we can get one before the new year, that'd be great. I don't yeah, mind okay. doing it in the, in the garage again. That's fine. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's been a great conversation as always. Absolutely. Five wives. Out. And a more fragile joints. The tactic is to wait until the antagonist pauses. And that's when the eagle claw strikes.